Hey, welcome to Real Talk, episode 199. I'm Todd, this is AJ, and we're back. So, folks, 199. I watched your mouth start to say something else, and then you froze. By the way, I apologize for probably blowing your ears out on that. I was just so excited to say hello. Welcome to Real Talk, 199 He's episodes in. Man. Lots to talk about today. If you don't know what the show is, well, good golly, I'm not going to tell you this week. We've been around a while. Yeah. Uh, there's a link somewhere in the description of this that you can ask anonymous questions about God, life, the Bible, and we'll answer them. I know sometimes it's hard to find people to ask those questions or to feel comfortable asking them. Yes. Particularly in the Christian world, if it has to do with relations, marital. Or if it has <laughs> Specifically. To do, or if it has to do with other things, you know, <laughs> things that make people uncomfortable. So. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about. No, I mean, we're not talking about relations. Yeah. We are going to move on, though. So that's it. Um, if you want to support this ministry, eh, we're not going to talk about it. We just got a lot to go through today. And yeah, man, we got a lot. So we'll come back. You know what it is. You real ones, we thank you. We love you. appreciate you. Appreciate real ones y'all. is our fan club slash ministry partners. Got to catch up on our lives, man. We got a lot of questions today. I don't want to rush you, uh-huh. so don't do your work rushing thing. That's my job, to constantly talk really fast. I can't replicate that. So Dude, okay. I still talk fast. We talked about this a few weeks ago, and it's because I always feel like no one's listening, which we talked about that, which supposedly, yeah. if it's true that one of my like gifts, a few gifts in this world, and I mean few, is the ability to speak well, you know, or to, and that is where I get attacked, because I truly believe people aren't, like, people That's right, man. And that wants weird? to attack you where you're strong, dude. It's that odd, is, isn't it? That is one of your strong suits, yeah. man. You're a great speaker. You know, and honestly, People do God, listen. I know you don't believe it, but people do listen when you speak. It's, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute, but thank you yeah. for the encouragement. Anyway, what's going on in your life, man? Oh, by the way, if you're watching the video, for the podcast, you won't notice this, but Tom the Burrow's Tom, gone man. for a short time. That's right, we hey, retired Tom. He's not retired. He'll be popping up behind you or something. Oh, that's true. He'll be around your But summer. we got a football helmet here in honor of the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. That's right, this upcoming Sunday, Super Bowl. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday. Do you know what Super Bowl it is? No. Me either. But it's Super Bowl, Super Bowl, <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday. I, I remember when I, when, I used to, when I used to have joy in my life. I yeah. used to I used to <laughs> jump around like I used to wake up on Super Bowl Sunday and like yelling at Super Bowl Sunday just to be a trip. Yeah, nice. Yeah, well, this helmet here represents my past. That's right, man. Because this sucker was used by me in <laughs> in football. That's right. <laughs> if you can't see, it's got this sweet visor. I, uh, it's a, it's dude. It's a sick helmet. It man. also has some marks still on it. I, I love noticed. it, dude. It is scuffed up. That means you it, hit. People, there's some dude. color here. Oh yeah, there's some blue there's and some white. Blue. Some blue team and white team. I hit. Remember what team that could have been? <sighs> Honestly, man, I do not know. Mm. But uh, I hit him. So, <laughs> that's right, man. <laughs> it's a Get good helmet. Jacked up. So anyway, that's what that's there for. That's right, man. New centerpiece. Football, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday. I'm going to make a song out of that. Super Bowl, 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 Bowl Sunday. Oh, I'm doing it. It's anyway. happening. <laughs> well, the <laughs> strange show. Anyway, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, what's going on in your life? Um, Oh, man. I'm you know what's funny about One time this show, and then man. put it away, just so everyone knows. Because last week was terrible. I'm so sorry I looked at my phone so oh, much last okay. week. No, no, it bothered me. Mm. I want you to know I listened to you. But I look like a jerk, and I've been working on this, and it's because... I can't shut my brain down. So I want to do this one time. Mm-hmm. Also, all of you people from our church that stole my Bible and are not responding to me. <laughs> yeah, you jerks. Uh, okay. It appears it was it was uh, Cowboy Kenny. Okay, Cowboy Kenny. However, responded. I looked back there and I did not see it. Mm. Anyway. Was it really the truth, Cowboy Kenny? Was it? But anyway, I'm done. I'm look. Okay. Putting it over here. Okay. 
All right. One more thing I'm looking at. <laughs> He's like, wait. Well, wait. the reason is we talked about the Super Bowl. So you made oh, yeah. me think of if any of our people are coming to this party. Right oh. now, it appears three, eight, nine, only 11. Only 11 well, people. That's did you like true. it? I liked it. I think I did. I think I hearted it. There's no um, way there's only 11 people coming. Hey, man. That's what, that's what it says. There, we have at least 25 to 30 people come to that thing. What's crazy is... At least. There's probably more than that, honestly. We have full-blown cornhole tournaments. that are So there's at least enough people to do a cornhole tournament. And, and there's enough people to do that, and then there's also people to, to sit in the sanctuary and watch the Super Bowl. There was. And it's a decent crowd. It's not like two people. So there's definitely a lot of people that are going to be coming. So I, I think that's uh, deflated numbers. Not inflated, but deflated numbers. I believe there'll be a lot more than that. Are you putting? I'm seeing you type in all caps right now. People have to understand. <laughs> I've seen you and type you know what? Guess what I might do right now? Oh my! I'm going to take it at a different level because I can't. I think I can do this. I bolded it. You bolded it? Oh yeah. I didn't know it's possible. Oh yeah, man. I'm a look at that. Wow, I didn't know that you could do that. Reminder and all that's cool. I didn't know you could anyway, do that. This show, I apologize. Uh, Please tell me about okay. your life. The phone is down. I'm here. I will have to check it again in 30 minutes. You know why? That's okay. I do know why. Okay. Um. Honestly, man, I don't know, dude. It's one of those things, this show. It's so interesting sharing my life on this show. Because, one, oh, there's a couple things. One, I hate sounding like a broken record. Two, people think I have no joy in my life. <laughs> and you know what? Like, I do. I do have joy in my life. It's If, if I'm honest, it's a lot, not really. But I do have joyful moments, man. And I am, like, I do have moments of, like, happiness. But, like, honestly, man, I'm sad, dude. Like... <laughs> you know, that's not funny. Man. I know I it's not. It's just the way I. Said I didn't it. expect that to come it's out after the, that. I know the way I said it. I know. Um, <laughs> I've joy in my life, but I am sad. Like, yeah, man, you know, I don't know, dude. I just, I'm just gonna be honest, man. And, and I guess I don't know how honest to be because, like, it's an inter- it's interesting. I guess for those of you who've never done a show before, it's hard to like draw a line between like pouring your whole your whole heart out to uh, literally the internet and then also like not being a character in a show so it's hard to balance so i'll just i'll be as on i'll just be honest man so like i'm stuck in a cycle i'm stuck in a cycle of not doing much with my life okay um dude i'm so sorry this is very serious but you keep saying it in such unexpected way <laughs> so i'm really no, i want everyone to know that okay. i do care go i on. dude i right. know it i, they I don't, know your heart go on, go on. I know your heart. This is serious. I am. No, stop. (laughs) I really am. This is a serious thing right now. You know, and here's the thing. I've been so blessed, man. I have. I've been very blessed with a lot of cool opportunities to be part of this church, to be be more involved over the last six years I've been involved here, and I have not taken advantage of it. I haven't. I have not taken responsibility for what I've been given, and I, you know, honestly, like, my life is a joke a lot of the time. And um, I wouldn't say that, but I know you feel that way. Sorry. It's getting real. Why did that make you get emotional, that part? I'm just telling you it wasn't. Uh, It's hard to face the reality. What do you mean? One thing that I appreciate 
one thing I appreciate about about you and this church, man, is you guys have built me up so much. <laughs> and you guys have protected me. <clears throat> Sorry, protected me. And um you know, you guys have made it so that I don't have to deal with the full weight of what I do here and what I, you know, what I, I guess, sorry to confuse you guys listening, but like, um, you guys do a great job of just protecting me and, you know, probably to a, to a fault, you know, um, no, I have not taken responsibility in my life. I haven't. And I don't... I don't really take take a lot of stuff seriously. And... Uh, is that true, though? Do you really not take it seriously? Is that, like, a genuine thing? Or is that just what you've come to is, like, that's the only option? I'm genuinely asking. Mm-hmm. Do you think you really don't take it seriously? Or is it just you? When you look at your own actions, you're saying I must not take it seriously. Do you get what I mean? It's hard because I think sometimes I don't, and sometimes like that is feel that does feel like the only option. I, I guess it can kind of feel like both. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't, you know, I I give in to my emotions a lot. Um, you know, I I just I know I know that in my heart I want to do the right thing. A lot of the time that I just don't do it. Um, you know, if I'm honest, like, <sighs> I haven't really done a good job of, like, you know, for those of you who, who go to the church or, um, or, like, who've listened for a long time, you guys know we have an internship program. It's called Run the House. Um, you know, I haven't really taken advantage of that a whole lot. You know, it's it's such a cool opportunity to grow, and I haven't. Um, so, I guess, like, the reason why I was like, man, I, I guess I don't always know what to share on this show is because, like, this is a show that's supposed to provide hope, and I know that it does. But as far as me and my life, you know, I don't take a lot of steps And I don't, um, I don't provide a very good example of, you know, what it means to really follow Jesus. And so I guess it's hard. It's hard to come on the show and, you know, do this a lot because I know, like, Deep down, man, like, I don't deserve it. And I don't, you know, for those of you who watch all every week, you know, I don't deserve that because I don't give you guys the best it could be. Um, you know, I don't, I don't give it the full effort that it deserves as a ministry and like... I don't know, man. It's just, 
you know, one thing you tell me a lot, man, is like, you know, you need to wake up. And like, I just, it's like I refuse to wake up, man. And I don't know why. It's like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm just expecting life to just be okay somehow or what. Like, I don't know. But I am in a vicious cycle and a habit for a long, long time. And it's sad. I'm hurt. And, um, and I guess I'm, I'm not necessarily hurt by people. I mean, I, I, I have gotten hurt by people, but like, I think I'm just hurt because of the, like, I don't allow myself to feel the weight of the pain I cause other people by my irresponsibility and my immaturity. And so then, like, when I actually let it hit me, I get emotional because I'm like, man, it hurts because, like, I just keep hurting people over and over again and people don't trust me. And, you know, it's just like, it's a vicious cycle, man, that I've I've put myself in. And, you know, I've been in a funk for a long time, you know, and, like, I start, you know, I start hearing the voices tell me that, you know, like, have you invested in the wrong guy? You know, am I the one that you shouldn't have put all so much time in? Because there can, maybe there's someone else out there that would have done so much better with that time. You know, and like... You know, one of the things I think, man, about you that's tough or for you and the challenge that we don't talk about a lot is when you became a believer pretty early on, and this is good and bad, I think there was a you were fast tracked because of your gifts. So you were given probably more responsibility in some ways and looked to and kind of I don't want to say elevated because that implies, but like then you were probably ready for spiritually even. Now that's too late, you know, it is what it is. But I think sometimes <laughs> we forget that. And I think you know, looking back, you know, when I think of my part in rolling your story, um, I think that has been part of it too. You know, a lot of weight early on in your in your faith. Um, and I think what you what you said earlier, and when I talked about speaking, I think you got to you need to be encouraged by this. the The enemy is going to make you doubt, man. So let's say for a second that one hundred percent you are where you're supposed to be. Okay, that God chose you here both for the kingdom, the church, for us, for me, for your friends, but also for you, right? But also for you know, kingdom work. Um, the enemy does not want that to work out. Okay, and he can't overcome God's sovereignty, but if he can make you doubt, and he can make you doubt yourself and, and doubt that, you know, God's with you, and that's what he always does. That when you look in Scripture, it's always about, what does he always do? He tries to make you doubt your identity. He, he says, are you really who you say you are, and also God's identity? Is he really who he said he was? So you look in, in, in Genesis. Did God really say that? Right? That's what he said to them. Okay, then let's jump ahead to uh, temptation of Jesus. If you really were the son of God. You know, and I think, and there's other examples in there, and I think that's the big thing, man, is can, you, you can look at the enemy's hand even in uh, Moses, you know, just so everybody knows, with the false sorcerers and magicians, right? And he came and they, he tries to intimidate him, but look, I can do what you do. Yeah. You know, it's always meaning telling Moses, like, our gods can allow us to do this. So I think all that to say, man, if it's true, if it is true to encourage you, certainly 
would not make it comfortable. He may not be able to touch you when you think of Job, all the things he could do, but he yeah. can make you try to doubt. And I think there's two ways to go through that, man. You can walk through it and come out and say, my faith is stronger by the grace of God, or give into it. And, I, and I'm not saying you're giving into it, but I'm trying to encourage you that the doubts don't necessarily mean you're not the right guy. Sometimes the doubts and the attacks and the thoughts mean you are the right guy. Because if you weren't the right guy, would, would, would you probably be doubting that? Sometimes I don't know. You know, I don't know if that's true. So, right, if it's all true, if it's all real, and it is, what's, why would you not have doubts? Of course you would. Mm. And it's, a, it's the same tactic, and I'm not saying that's easy to, to overcome. But remember, we've talked about this a lot, and it's and one of the things that you and I have talked about off screen, and we talk about a lot is the idea of this being real. And and, and even people that listen to the show long term are like they talk about that all the time. It's like, yeah, if this is real, man, and it is, I mean, what does that? Sometimes faith is just walking, man, and like literally continuing to walk when you don't feel it's true. And I only tell you this next part because. Maybe need to hear, maybe other people need to hear, and I hope it doesn't. You guys know my real heart in this. Yeah. I doubt whether I'm a good, let's say, preacher every week. I'm serious. So even Funturn kind of gave me some encouragement as far as like this past week's message and that it got, it's kind of, we're spread out all over every platform. So yeah. it's hard to say sometimes our growth pattern as far as views and like whether we're reaching people because it's kind of, we kind of cannibalize each other, we say, right? But it was encouraging. But you know, the first thing I thought, I was like, yeah, it'd be more if it wasn't for me. Like, I think that, you know, and I look at these certain people and I'm like, man, I, if I could just be better. And I think some of that's good. I think it's good to be, to push yourself yeah. to be better. But when it comes to the point where there's like a thin line of motivating yourself to um, beating yourself up, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So it's I guess I say all that to just like, you're not alone in those doubts, man. I think the big thing for you to encourage you, and you can take this as... If you filter through the spirit, it shouldn't be discouraging. If you just listen to it, it could be. It's like, you just have to walk, man. You know, and it's like, stop worrying about whether you, you took too long to take a step out of the boat. Who cares? The question is, are you going to be the guy that steps out? Because the guy that takes two weeks to step out is still farther along than the guy who never does. You get what I'm saying? And for those that don't have a clue we're talking about, you know, we're talking analogy-wise about life and following God. And, and this can apply even if you're not in ministry. Life is hard, man. If you're married and you have a terrible marriage and you're a believer, you literally, you know how hard it is when you know you can divorce and know, you know, even in church, nobody's yeah. going to say anything. Yeah. And it's like, what do you do with that? And that's not to shame people that have been divorced. What I'm saying is like every decision that we make as believers we have that choice to believe or not to believe. And belief is not a feeling. And I think it's so easy to, to pun kind of intended here, believe that belief is a feeling, that faith mm. is a feeling. And so we beat ourselves up because you're doubting. Dude, your faith, the strength of your faith is not shown in whether or not you have doubts. You certainly have doubts. You know, and, and I mean, that doesn't mean you're not a believer. If that was the case, you look at the Bible. Apostle Paul's constantly reminding them to finish the race. Yeah. Run the race in, with endurance. Let go of everything that's hindering you, your sin, your shame, and just move. 
And, you know, I, I think that's one of the things you need to remember, man. You've done a lot of good, and God's not through with you yet. And, you know, don't limit him because you don't believe in yourself. Because one of the questions we have today kind of goes with that. Maybe on your own, man, you can't do all this, but you're not on your own. And that's where the rubber meets the road in all of this. And that's what this show really is all about, is getting us to slow down enough to go, what does this all mean? You know what I'm saying? And the temptation is like, and I don't want your faith, man, to encourage you. And I hope I haven't rubbed off. I don't want you to think it's all negative. Sometimes I feel like I rub off on you because I think about a lot of heavy stuff a lot. And sometimes it hinders me. And um, I don't don't know why I'm like that. (laughs) I just... I, I am, and I'm, you know, I'm sorry if I've contributed to you, your feelings of that, because that's not what I want to do. Oh, man, I think that's how you and I became friends, man, <laughs> was because, like, these concepts, these hard things in life, these things that feel heavy, like, I felt that before I was even a believer. So, like, I don't, I don't take that as a negative or like how you, or if you've negatively impacted my faith, man, because like that's how, uh, that's one of the key ways I was brought together with you, you know, was through those conversations we've had over the years. Like, so I don't, I don't attribute that to a bad part of my faith, man. I don't. To encourage you, dude. Like, yeah, but it's hard. You, you know, you're a guy that's been blessed. And I told you this the other day. One of the things I really admire about you, and I think it's one of the things why people are drawn to you is you have a very joyful spirit. So you can, you, yeah, you, and it's real, man. I've seen it. You know, you're able to, even if inwardly you were like, well, that's not true. Outwardly, you don't really show it. That's hard, man, in a world that doesn't want, (laughs) that tries to extinguish people like that. And, you know, I, the reason I admire you is that I don't necessarily clearly line up on that side of the fence. I think I tend to, because of self-protection, a lot of things I can tend to look for, problems before they come so that I can deal with them. And sometimes that's good, right, as a leader. But sometimes I can either imagine problems or I can focus on them to the point where it's like, okay, that's a small pothole, but now I'm saying the entire road's terrible. You know what I mean? And so I'm saying I'm not taking blame because I I want you to be able to own this stuff in front of people. There are things I think that you, you just need to do better, but to encourage you, it's not an identity thing, man. I don't look at you and say, this guy... Are there times that I'm, I won't lie on camera even that I can go, dang, bro, like what is, you know, what are you doing as far as freezing? Yeah. But I look around at what you're surrounded with, the weight you've, I can make the argument the other way. I think what's hard for me is because I love you, you know, as a big brother type, I always want to be like, I just, (laughs) this leads to a different talk. I don't want to take over your thing, but remind me, it, it has to do with this. So. So sometimes, this is something to bring up. So people may have heard me say this, and this is, seems very negative, mm-hmm. what I'm about to say. And I actually was just told last night, and if this person's watching, they're going to probably think I'm saying it's bad. I'm not. I appreciate the honesty. So one of the things I tell you guys a lot is nobody's coming. Yeah. Now, that sounds so hopeless, <laughs> right? I mean, I've, 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 I've told these guys, these interns, and some of these other guys, I'm like, listen, nobody's coming. you got to figure life. Nobody, God, I've said God will be there. And he is. I've seen yeah. it. But as far as like sometimes people, no one's coming. What do I mean by that, Todd? Well, and someone last night was like, yesterday told me, hey, I don't like or respect that that model you kind of have because I think it's really negative and it tells people it's kind of hopeless. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm not going to change that because here's the thing. I know it can sometimes, and they say, you see, you sometimes sound angry when you say it. And I'm like, I am angry. I'm angry it has to be that way in the world. Mm. And I'm not, but stay with me. 
when I tell people this, and I'll come back to your story, a lot of times in this life, particularly men, and I think it's because we were not initiated into manhood. We don't have a way for that to happen in modern culture. You know, when you look out through history, men, boys would spend time with men and learn the trades or learn what their dad did. And when you spend time with men, naturally, you're going to become like a man, right? We don't have that. Yeah. We spend our time in school where the vast majority of teachers are female. Nothing wrong with that, but I mean, as far as, and we're forced to sit and like, we don't know, we're not told. And when you look at the statistics of you know, broken homes and fatherless families, it's like, we're just trying to figure out how to be men. And then the world tells us that being a man is nothing, that the, that the name man and woman mean nothing. They're interchangeable. Yeah. So that's all confusing, right? And then the church itself yeah, sometimes tells us that being a man is like this... I'm sorry to say this, sometimes for me, kind of effeminate, sort of soft, that's the only way to be a believer. So all that being said, when we do that, we tend to kind of wait around because we're used to being taken care of, and we're like waiting for something good to happen. You know what I mean? Like we'll freeze and be like, everyone out there, I bet you've done it. Like you're in a tough job, you're like, I'm just going to wait, I'm going to stick it out till something, something's going to happen, something's going to fall on my lap. Well, what, what I mean is like, one of the things that helped me in life is I froze for a long time and I can still do this, the realization... I don't remember when it happened. Nobody's coming. And sometimes it is sad, meaning like, what if God's here? I got to figure this out. So I've got to do it. And that can motivate you to go, okay, if nobody is coming, if God's here with me, right, and he's with me, then I can overcome anything. But waiting for something to happen, is sometimes I got to go make something happen. So all that to be said, and I kind of went on a tangent here. I think for you, man, is like, don't take that as a negative to mean you can't do this. And I think for you, sometimes it's like you're waiting for something to click instead of making it click. Does that make sense or does yeah. that sound all kind of hokey? No, that makes sense. A lot of sense, actually. And, and, and that is meant to encourage you because that's when I tell you sometimes, I don't know if you've picked up on it, I'll be like, dude, it's not hard. Just do it. That's flipping the switch, right? And yeah. that step can be really hard. And I'm with you, man. I've been frozen in some areas of my life. I don't want to ever sit on a pedestal and say I'm way above you. I'm not. I've been doing... I'm not as driven as I've been in the past, which you know I've told you, and I think that's affected you guys too because we're together a lot, and and I'm sorry for that. So, But just flip the switch, man. And, and here's the thing. Keep doing the hard work and, and, and keep moving. And we've talked about this. One step, right? Where are you at in seven days? Well, you're seven steps from where you started, if all you can take is one. Now you times that by four. You're 28 steps farther than you were when you started. If you, and that's just if you can only take one. Yeah. What happens if you can take 20? You know what I'm saying? So it's not a you issue, man. You have everything it takes. It's, and I mean that, it's to reach your goals, to be the man you want to be. Everybody sees that. You've got you've to start seeing from the outside that it's not that the world's doubting you. It's that you're doubting you. And I bet it's confusing for you because you do doubt yourself, but all these people are counting on you, and you're like, how in the world? You know, you probably feel like a fraud. Do you ever feel that way? Dude, there's a syndrome. If you look this up, you guys can Google this that are listening. You probably know. We've talked imposter syndrome. Have you ever heard yeah. of this? Clint, you want to Google this real quick, fun turn, and we can read it. So imposter syndrome is, they, they, psychologists have given a name to this thing of no matter how successful you are, these are CEOs. You have these moments where you're like, I lucked into this. I am not skilled. This is all... You know, people are going to find me out. It's oh, my entire life. Exactly, man. dude. And here's the thing, though. Imposter syndrome. That's such an interesting word. Because where is that coming from? Right? The evidence points to clearly by now we would have found out you're an imposter. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> but your mind doesn't think that. <laughs> what do you got, fun turn? Uh, this is definition. What it, yeah, yeah. It's uh, imposter syndrome is also known as the imposter phenomenon, or or imposterism, is a psychological occurrence in which the individual doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishments, and has persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Hmm. There you go. Yeah, man. That is that definitely matches up with a lot of how I feel about my life, man. Especially like. My adult life, like as soon as I got out of high school, like man, Felix, everywhere I went, man, didn't make sense to me why I was where I was at, or like why I, you know, I feel like the only reason why you ever get anywhere is just because, like you said, I do have a little bit of a bubbly external, you know, (laughs) personality. Why? Why is that shameful though? Even if that's all you had, it's still a gift. It isn't all you have. You know what I mean? Remember, God sees. Time is not linear, like linear to God. He sees it all. So he sees you who you are, who you were, and who you're going to be all at once. Do you know what I mean? So um, just because you don't see it, he sees it. Yeah. You gotta, uh, I, I, I'm not trying. I'm sorry to take over. I'm just trying to no, encourage dude, you. I appreciate it a lot, man. Thank you because like, I need encouragement a lot. And I know it sucks because, like, that can, I know it's like a, that can be a heavy burden. No, man. Encouragement should not be a burden. And, you know, I'm sorry if I made you feel like that because I don't, I don't view it that way. A lot of times, yeah, that's a whole different topic. (laughs) I appreciate your transparency, man. I know that's, that's hard to do when you know this is going to be seen, you know, by people (laughs) and heard by people. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, I don't know. That's why I had that little debate out out loud because I was like, I don't know. Because I know the show is supposed to be, you know, like, it is supposed to be a show that does, like, give hope, you know, and I don't want to just be a, a depressed man who just comes on every week, who doesn't change his life, and, like, that's what I've been, mm. and I don't want to be that, you know, mm. I don't, and, you know, the, the audience, you know, you guys listening, you know, you guys come here to, not only to relate, like, I know part of the show is, like, you guys can relate to, like, where we're at, or you can see, that, like, you're not alone in your issues, like, but I also know that we're here to, like, answer your questions, we're here to provide, you know, that, that hope of Christ to you, so, like, you know, I'm sorry to anybody listening if I have provided hopelessness in a way with how I haven't changed, because, you know, I'm not, I am not Christ, I'm not, you know, uh, okay, I won't even say I'm, I'm a great example, <laughs> you know, but I can't tell you that it is real. Well, I mean, part of the show, and it's, it's, it's hard for, you know, as I'm thinking, you, you don't, I think this is good. I'm going to tell you right now, if you think you're the only person that feels this way, you're, you know, you're not. And I guarantee there's people out there relating to how you feel. Even the idea of being, feeling like a fraud, you know, and a phony. I know I do. Yeah. And, um. So I think, you know, your courage can also, if people take that negatively, then, you know, they're building their faith on something different than they mm-hmm. should. And I think that, and people love you and they want to, our viewers love you and they want to see you, you know, not stuck. So I think, you know, the pod squad here, the old uh, real ones, the family, everybody watching and listening, they just, yeah, man, they want to see you believe and take steps and show them how. Because that's what the hopelessness is. I think if you, if, if, yeah, I think you sharing this stuff's good. Where, how do you keep moving? Where's your hope? You know, and maybe, maybe that's the point is sometimes sharing that side of it of like, okay, 
here's how I'm going to work through this. Here's my next step. That's yeah. And like, I think maybe that's why I feel like a fraud sometimes is because maybe not necessarily how I feel, but it's because of my lack of action, (laughs) like my lack of that. Maybe that's why I feel like a fraud a lot of the time because I'm trying to tell people how to live their lives or I'm trying to tell them how to be better when I'm not doing it myself. You know, and it's like, I know, I know the Bible says like, you know, talks about, you know, clearly like we're all falling short of the glory of God. So like, I know that like, if that was the case, then nobody could ever say anything to anybody ever. But it's like, maybe that's why I feel like a fraud sometimes is because like, I'll, I'll come on here and I'll say all these things and I know for a fact it's not reflecting on my own life, you know? (laughs) And it's like, man, so like. Sometimes I, and may, I don't know, maybe that's part of like the, like, I don't want to, I don't want to give people that hopeless, like that hopeless feeling of if I come on here and I say, honestly, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know the next step, you know, because like, do you really not know it? Is that true? I think sometimes I do. And sometimes I don't like, <clears throat> you know, you cannot fix your entire life in a step. That's so, you know, too. I think a lot of times if you're out there listening, it's like J- Jordan Peterson, the psychologist kind of became famous. A lot of people don't like him because he just tells the, in my opinion, you know, sometimes <laughs> I'm not saying I agree with everything man. he says, but he says a lot of truth. And one of the things he says is like, it kind of becomes a joke, make your bed. You know, it, you, you, why does he say that? You know, men make your bed because it's one little victory. And we talk about that stacking of victories. And it's like, man, stop. And it's hard to do. Stop looking at everything as the whole mess. You know, if you're going to clean up a room, if you told yourself, I, in order to clean up this room, I have to pick up everything at once, you will literally fall over. It's impossible. <laughs> but if you say, okay, I'm going to pick up this bottle and throw it away. I'm going to vacuum. I'm going to dust the table. You know, Then it becomes more, and you start doing that task after task, eventually look around, and the room's clean. And I think for you maybe, and, and to encourage you, something to think is like, what is a tangible step you can do? <laughs> So, like, for you, if we want to carry this to where it actually shows people walking through this, what is a tangible step for you? I have to do my work, man. Yeah, but that's the overall picture, right? So what's a tangible step? Um, I have to, I really need to do, like, um, I need to do, gosh, where? I'll tell you this. So, like, you have this, you're using this app, and it's cool, right? This task app. I mean, the first thing I think is you don't like you have lists, man, and you don't follow them. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we can sit here and talk about why, but I think right now that's irrelevant. Do the stuff. You know, we've talked about this. I think a lot of times when you if you feel like life's out of control and you have a to do list, do one thing. Okay. Get something done that day. Look at your list and be able to have the satisfaction and pride yourself of I checked this box off. I did it today. Mm. And just focus on that. You know. Uh, I'm a big believer in one of the things that I didn't come up with this and I can't tell you which person did. There's a bunch of ways to do this, but I always believe in doing the big three, having three things that if you got these three things done today, regardless of anything else that happened, you would feel that day's a success. Sometimes it's little things you don't even think of. Like, okay, if I respond to this email, if I edit this picture and if I, I don't know, make this phone call, I would, those are the things that like, I feel like there'd be a big weight off me today. That's it. And a lot of times we can work eight hours and not get the the important things done in the day because we're focused on all these like the whole list. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. 
That's my problem for sure. So maybe that's it, man. Maybe the first step for you is just actually use what you have. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, dude. I don't know. Just trying to help you out because you seemed... No, and I do. I need... I don't know. I overthink a lot, too. So, like, I appreciate you saying that because that does make sense to me. And, like, I don't know. You know, I just yeah. got to... Like you said, I got to use my resources. That's a, that's a great start. You're right. Use what I have. <laughs> so... Things are going to be better, man. Yeah. And if you look at your life overall on a continuum and you, you compare yourself to five years ago, I don't think if five years ago you saw you now, he'd probably be like, dude, why are you sad? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wouldn't you, don't you think probably? Absolutely. So that's encouraging to, to know and think about. So thanks for speaking into me, man. Yeah, man. I hope I didn't feel like I took over your stuff. No, not, not, that wasn't no. my intention. Not at all, man. I'm an emotional mess. You did a great job. You're not a mess, dude. You're just having a day where you're having some emotions, man. Quit saying that. I think that's what you can do sometimes to the to the the, the viewers. It's like <laughs> telling them you're this like monstrous <laughs> hobo mess that doesn't you know, I don't I don't think you need to say that. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I don't I don't, I don't treat myself well. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta be better about that too. Well I appreciate your transparency and I think Thank it's good. You. And I hope you guys out there hear that and you know no, you're not alone in having those feelings sometimes. Maybe you need to let yourself cry. I don't know. That's good, man. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. How about you, man? How's life? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on in in uh, my life. Let's think here. I suppose I have a, a serious thing and a, and a somewhat, or a not serious thing. The mm -hmm. not serious thing relates to our conversation last week on haircutting and being a haircut stylist and how uh -huh. it's a difficult job. I went to get a haircut. I believe this was Monday. I don't remember for sure. Saturday, I can't I think it was Monday. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I go to get a haircut, and I experience both sides of what we described in the same haircut. What do I mean by that, Todd? Well, last week, if you didn't listen, <clears throat> last week's episode podcast talked about how that's a difficult job. You're talking is, to someone man. the entire time. Oh, yeah. Right? You, uh, you know, so, and then they're on guard because there are men that probably act inappropriate to them at times. So then sometimes they, so you've got the people that want to talk. You've got the people that don't want to talk. You've got the grumpy ones. You've got the nice ones. I'm like, uh -huh. that's tough to do, man. Oh, right? to know, to read. Face so, I, so, so I get there. <clears throat> someone out of town. <clears throat> I've had this lady before, nice lady, kind of business-like, which is my style. You know this. <laughs> so I sit down, and she asks me, because they have notes on the haircut stuff, you know. Yeah. She said, hey, do you want this? And she said, a low fade. And I said, I just have a one-two fade. That's what I think I've been. Yeah, do you want a low fade? I was like, I don't know what that is. And then she was angry. She seemed angry about, <laughs> like, very irritated. To the point, and you know me, I'm a pretty, believe it or not, guys, despite what it looks like on camera sometimes. I'm pretty chill with this stuff. Like, I don't get mad about yeah, those man. kinds of things. I have my triggers as they were. But that's, yeah. But I got a little irritated. I was like, you're being incredible. I didn't say this, but in my mind, I'm like, you're being incredibly rude. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, you're just trying to understand. I don't know these terms, man. Yeah. That's why you have the notes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so she starts talking to me, and uh, I remember legitimately being like, this lady's rude. I consider, I was like, I'm not going to tip her as well, because she has been rude. And that's the only thing you have to do is be polite. It's true, man. But halfway through, she asked what I do, what I'm doing. I don't know how it came up. Like, nothing. I'm like, dude, somehow I start thinking, did I offend this lady somehow? I've, I, I have never spoken to her, really. Mm. So then all of a sudden, it completely flips. And it's almost like she recognized that she started it out angry, because <laughs> then she worked really hard to be overly friendly. It was a very odd moment. Yeah. So I, I chalked it up to stressful day. Even though there was no one in there except for me and one other person. <laughs> Personal um, stuff, who knows. But anyway, it went back to like, 
Those are just people, man. You know, everyone's a person. I watched this thing the other day that kind of segues. This will be the bridge to my serious one. Gotcha. But it just came to me. So I just thought it was interesting, the haircut thing. And then I had a little bit of both. Grumpy person, nice person, awkward, or business in the middle. All in one haircut. So I, uh, I watched this, I think it was a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And, man, I cannot remember the terminology. So if you're a psychology major or psychologist or counselor out there, feel free to drop the correct terminology. <clears throat> but I believe it said something like splitting. <clears throat> we have a tendency to do something called like splitting. What hmm. that means is, say I meet Clint, all right? Mo- emotionally immature people. And by the way, emotionally immature doesn't mean it's a choice to be that way. Sometimes things happen in our life that it, it's, it's more of if, say you grew up in an, an unhealthy situation, unhealthy home life, whether it's physical abuse, neglect, you may never have learned how emotional maturity just means controlling your emotions, being able to recognize your emotions aren't true, right? We yeah. all struggle with that at times. So I don't want to, it's not saying people that are emotionally mature are just crazy or foolish. It just might mean that they come from a situation that they've had to work harder. If you've never seen it modeled, for instance, right? Sure. <clears throat> so I just wanted to take it aside. So anyway, the splitting is a lot of people, most people are emotionally immature, or a lot of people. So when they meet someone, their minds don't naturally, they can't grasp the concept. Actually, it's not even, I think it's an emotionally immature, but a lot of people in general. People can't grasp the concept that human beings are good and bad. Hmm. And we've kind of talked about this, and I yeah. never, and I think it's a God thing, man. I really think it's fitting in with everything I've been kind of pondering lately, and even Christianity, so this wasn't a Christian counselor, but he was he was discussing how we do that. So say I meet Bob. Yeah. Okay. And Bob um, yells and screams at someone, and I see it. It's easier for my mind to believe Bob is just a terrible human being than it is to think that Bob is a man who has good qualities and bad qualities. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying by that? Yeah. Now, we all know that we're, we are that, but we don't treat other people like that. It's interesting. <clears throat> and he said that's a way that it, it's, it's a very you, negative way of viewing things, and it's how we kind of get in the culture we are, which, by the way, isn't that so indicative of where we are in society? You are Democrat. You evil. You are Republican. You evil, right? Based on some arbitrary, you know, belief. Yeah. So that leads me to, and, and certainly happens in the church, We've talked a lot about this. So a pastor makes a huge, let's say, uh, what was his name? Carl Lentz. Yeah. If you're familiar with us, we talked about this in length. It's a Hillsong pastor. Ended up coming out that he had you know, some sexual sin, all these other things, and they ends up stepping down, and then everybody wants to kill this dude pretty mm-hmm. much. We've never heard anything back. It'd be no. interesting. Hey, fun turn. Can you do some research on Lentz and see if anything's come up in the last you know, 2022, 20, 2023? See where he's at? Yeah. Be, be and if curious. you remember, everybody's saying he's a false teacher immediately. He's evil. He wasn't a real Christian. And I start to think, and we've talked about this a lot, Does isn't that what we did do to him? So instead of believing, because it's scary to think that really good people can do really bad things. It's right? true, man. Because if you think that in an unhealthy way, you'll start being paranoid that everyone around you at any moment could do something treacherous. But here's the truth. They can't. Mm-hmm. Which leads me back to the idea of what Jesus calls us to is so much more radical than we think. So we started this message series, and I'm very excited about it, and excited and scared at the same time, mm-hmm. called Tribes. You guys can check it out on our, uh, type in the Remnant Church. Actually, if they see this on YouTube or something, they'll see it. But if you're yep. on Spotify, if you type in the Remnant Church, is it, do you have to do Remnant, Rem, uh, Whitley County? Uh, just Remnant Church. If you type in the Remnant Church, you'll see our fancy R. Maybe we can link that. Yeah. Um, in the video. 
you can f- or a link to this sermon. And the only reason I say that is not to to push the message, but so you understand where we're coming from. What I've been, God's kind of been working on me, and it, it me too, man. I'm like this. Is the idea I can be like this time? Is the idea that our disunity in the church today with a capital C, meaning the body of Christ, is, in my opinion, perhaps the number one reason why the church today is not is not powerful in our culture. Hmm. Okay, clearly we know the church is powerful. Scripture says the church will always be around. Jesus told Peter, you know, not even the gates of hell can prevail against my church. You know, I mean, not even, I'm sorry, the forces of hell can prevail against my church. So that's powerful. But I do think that if we look at all throughout time, that Christianity in America is not viewed the same as it was, let's say, the 60s, 50s, right? It's not. Yeah. We, we've studied this on this show many times, the statistics. So it's not our job to suck up to culture. That's not what I'm saying. No. Okay? So hear me on that. It's not our job to... The Holy Spirit convicts of sin, all those things. But we do have an obligation to be a city on a hill, mm. to be a light, to be salt. And we've taken that a lot of times. And what we have is we have these different tribes in Christianity. Okay? And you can break that down in various ways. So this tribe believes in speaking in tongues. This tribe thinks it's not active anymore. That's just a small example. I use it a lot because people understand that. Yeah. So... They are each one of them thinks the other one is wrong, and and then that that's okay that you might disagree, but then it turns to they're not we're the only true ones, they're the only we're the only true ones, and then they're not. Yeah. And I start looking in scripture, man, and I start thinking about the idea as I'm studying more and more, and I, who knows how long it's going to be. But you you guys know I came in a little different. Oh, for I, sure, man. I ended up stopping our last series that I also loved. Yeah. Called the red letters and really moving good. into this because I feel like we need to move into this. <clears throat> And, um, you know, it's interesting when I, when I talk about, because part of this is how we treat pastors. Now, in the sake of transparency, I'm a pastor that's clearly sinned in my life. You know, mm-hmm. talked about this a lot 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago now, actually, mm-hmm. you know, I had a big, I was young, you know, early twenties and I probably shouldn't have been where I was. I'm not making an excuse. I shouldn't do that. It sounds like I'm making an excuse. I sinned. And it's the kind that affects people, right? A lot of people. And so I don't, I, I say that in tra- the um, interest of transparency, that it could be viewed as though I am trying to uh, justify my own, what happened to me. I'm not, okay? You just have to trust me on that because I just told you, most people don't know. Yeah. My point is, though, even the way we treat pastors, you know, and we use these verses to justify our tribe. And we do this in, in all walks of life. And what I think is scary, man, and what I'm coming to, and even saying this is scary because it it rattles the, our friend Muscles McGee says rattles cages, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to, but it's the truth is like so many things, man, that idea of splitting, we can't do that in the church mm. because the church in Christianity is entirely built on the concept that we are evil creatures, that if we put our faith in Jesus and are sealed with the Holy Spirit are transformed and even though we're transformed, it takes a while from the outside to connect to the inside that we still have a battle between the old us and the sanctified holy us that's going to go throughout our entire life. So part of Christianity is the acceptance that we are both. Mm. Not, not, our true identity is not that evil, right? Yeah. It's not, and it's not justifying it evil. And that's what you need to hear. See, Christians are so scared. I'm not justifying sin. But what I am saying is, is when you're dealing with a believer and you have to trust someone, People want to look for 
I said, I could go on and I gotta be careful because I know a lot of it's this sermon. <laughs> so instead of accepting that, we've put our we don't we're looking for reasons to believe people aren't Christians because that's easier for our mind to understand. Yeah. If I if you mess up, yeah, and I've known you for years, and you mm-hmm. mess up big time. The big time, by the way, is always adultery. It's never pride. It's never arrogance. Sabotage, it's never. It's, it's, it's never. always <laughs> the only ones they consider bad is sexual sin. Okay, it's, which it's it is bad. Odd. Don't get yeah, me wrong. It's, it's it script- is bad. Well, Todd, the Bible says that all other kinds of sin take place outside of your body, and sexual sin takes place in. It does say that, but that doesn't mean that it's worse than the others. Mm-hmm. It means the effect on the believer, right? The effect on the Christian doing it is worse, mm. right? And the effect it can have on others. So anyway, it's a whole different topic. But my point is, it's easier to assume if you do this that you were never a Christian than it is to accept the fact that Christians can still sin and hurt people because that yeah. scares us. Mm. We want to believe the illusion that the churches, that our churches are filled with these glorified saints. Glorified is just a term. It's actually a scriptural term of what's going to happen when we die and we finally get to be in the presence of Jesus and all that sin that's left over is, wa- is, is drops off of us. Mm. You know what I mean? Because we're not bound by the flesh. Am yeah. I making sense? Absolutely. I know this is probably a little more, quote, intellectual sounding than normal I do on here, but than I normally do on here. But it's so fascinating to me. And I'm talking to myself too, man. You know, I'm catching the things that even though I've thought this for years, I'm catching the ways in which my mind... What's the first thing my mind thinks when somebody, when I hear a leader, typically it's a leader, but listen, if we treat leaders this way, it trickles down, yep, right? Absolutely. Which is why we hide our sin. And then scripture says, well, if you hide your sin, it's easier to continue to be trapped in it like quicksand because the Bible says, confess your sins to one another and you will be healed because the prayers of a righteous person are powerful indeed. There's this idea that we are to confess our sins to each other. We look at Matthew 18, he tells us that if we're confronted, that means caught, not even confess first. We're caught in sin. Someone comes to us, mm-hmm. right? And we repent. It's over. We've won our brother. It doesn't say there's any more penance. There's any more punishment. It's over. But mm. is that how Christian culture is viewed? No. There's this idea that we are supposed to, that the, my, the idea that comes to my mind is like medieval times. We're supposed to, when anyone's, particularly a pastor, yeah. when it trickles down, when someone sins, we're to put them in... Um, you know, those, shit, gosh, what are they called? The stocks. Okay. You know, your head, and you were to drag them nice. through town and let people hit them with tomatoes, right? Because everybody needs to know for shame, and that's not the way of the Bible. Well, Todd, what do you do? How do you handle sin in the church? What if there's evil wolves? I understand that. The implication appears to be, one, I could go on and on, man. Yeah, well. There's so many verses that if we really study the meaning of that people have used to justify doing these behaviors we all believe to be okay, it's not true. So, for instance... Take a pastor and elder. Mm-hmm. Everybody says if a pastor or elder sins, it's supposed to be public. You're supposed to embarrass them and rebuke them because it's a warning to everyone. And what they're ver- basing that on is First Timothy. Mm-hmm. Buy some time here. First Timothy yeah, chapter five. Chapter five. Okay, so I'm going to find that. I'm going to read to you because it does say that to a degree. Okay. Yes. But <clears throat> First mm-hmm. Timothy chapter five. Um. Here we go. Okay. <clears throat> By the way, it's in the same chapter about elders, or the section about elders. So this is chapter 5. I'm going to start on verse 17 just to kind of explain the context, and then I'll jump down to the verse they're talking about. Okay. But that's what people say. And I bet some of you out there that grew up in the church, you've heard that. If a pastor fails, he's, he's held to a high standard, he's to be publicly embarrassed and rebuked, right? <clears throat> and I'm not, again, if you know my situation, my past, you may go, oh, he's trying to say he shouldn't happen to him. I don't 
That's not my point here. Mm -hmm. Certainly I've learned from my life, but listen to this. The elders who are good leaders are to be considered worthy of double honor. This is chapter 5, verse 17. Especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain, and the workers worthy of his wages. So the whole section is beginning on the respect that elders are due. Yeah. For those out there that are like not familiar with Christianity, for your purposes, just substitute pastor for elder, because most of the time we have them kind of in our modern world the same. Yeah. Okay, whereas pastoring is really a gift become a position 19 don't accept an accusation against an elder unless it is supported by two or three witnesses mm. not people outside the church and even yeah. if someone outside the church sees that and this is what's weird we don't view ourselves as one body so say we see bob who goes to another church out there getting drunk and he's a pastor you know drunk meaning i don't know like embarrassing himself publicly with a prostitute something crazy we yeah. have to go to that church well first we should go to him yeah right well absolutely so if we go to him, and this is where it gets really deep. You ready? I'm almost giving a preaching ahead of time. I don't want to ruin it, but not <laughs> most of our church doesn't listen. Hear this out. Well, Todd, I don't understand. Matthew 18 says if you go to someone and confess their sin, they confess their sin, you've won your brother. But here it's saying, why would we need to? It's almost given a separate, a separate rule, right? Hmm. Is it? Let's say this. Publicly rebuke those who sin so the rest will be afraid. So this is the CSB. That's what it says. <clears throat> now let's go to a verse or a, a Bible that is more... And this is some of the use of using <clears throat> literal translations. <clears throat> okay? So that, that sounds pretty scary. Publicly rebuke those who sin. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Okay, so if any pastor sins, publicly rebuke him. That's mm -hmm. what it's kind of saying, right? That's what you think. Yeah. So let's go to verse 519 from the ESV. Now, I'm a big proponent of... I preach from the CSB, HCSB, because it's a little easier to like, speak. Yes. The ESV is very literal. Yes. <clears throat> Why did I go to 19? It should be 20. Okay, go to 20. 20. Okay. Uh, 520. Listen to this. And I'm going to stop here because I'm going to end up giving a whole sermon there. And getting... <laughs> As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all so that the rest may stand in fear. Persist. Does that line up with Matthew 18? What happens at the very end of Matthew 18 if a sinner does not repent? You treat, you treat them as a task. What's the believer? step before that? You take them before the church. Rebuke them in the presence of all. If they persist in sin, you've gone through step one, two, three, four. Mm. The elder still hasn't. He too has to be brought before the church and publicly rebuked. Mm. So persist in sin. That's very important. That's very important. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Doesn't that now this fits with everything scripture says? Absolutely. So we'll get to this later. I kind of ruined a whole sermon probably, but there's more to it. Because <laughs> you can get there's some sections in Titus. Here's my point. I feel like one the reason I use pastors too is if I say a normal Christian, normal Christian, that's still so stupid. There is no mere mortals. You guys are all saints. But if a Christian that's not a pastor, most people are more willing to say, yeah, we shouldn't condemn them. They should be forgiven. But pastors and leaders, we don't. What we don't realize is we can say that we're not doing that to our brothers and sisters that aren't pastors, but we are if we're treating our leaders that way. So mm -hmm. I just use that as an example. Scripture is very clear. We are both sometimes. Romans chapter 7, where the Apostle Paul tells us this battle he has inside of us. He's not justifying his sinful behavior. He's saying, I want so desperately to follow God in my heart, but sometimes there's this part of me that wants the opposite. Mm which is exactly why we need a Savior, right? That's why Jesus tries, you know, he says, hey, you've committing adultery is a sin. I tell you, adultery is when you even look at a woman with lust in your eyes. He's telling us that how impossible it is to be holy without him, right? Because no matter who you are, 
The best person you've ever met in the world has probably at one time or another in his life looked at a woman with lust in his heart, even for a second, and that's enough. Yep. Does this make sense? Absolutely, So when you look at all of this, Todd, where are you at? I'm I'm forced to face, I want to align my belief system, not with what tradition says, Mm -hmm. though not all tradition's bad. Sure. But I want to align it with scripture, even if other Christians are going to call me names or say that I'm trying to justify sin are going to attack me Mm. because I'm aligning with scripture. You get what I mean? Oh, yeah. And that's what we need to do. So like that goes to my serious part here is like I'm kind of having to face the reality of the areas that I've done this, Mm. you know, and and for me, it's kind of the opposite. When I see an arrogant Pharisaical Christian, I want to say they're not believers because I'm like, you're condemning other people. But the truth is, if I'm going to say that they're doing that to other people, it's entirely possible that someone could be a Pharisaical leader, meaning who has, who believe, has believed in Jesus and saved but has not let go of this. He could be a believer too. And it's not my job to hate him, right? And if I'm not going to go and, and confront this person in their sin, if it's someone I know, mm-hmm. then I need to let it go. And we don't live that way. And we have to trust that their church is handling their discipline. Yeah, that's so really good. It reminds man. me of that. You know, we had a pet, someone sent me a, it was so funny, it was a challenge almost, a post from a pastor in our town. Yeah. And the guy was going off about, do I think he was directly, I still think he was directly referencing a Real Talk Live episode in which mm-hmm. I challenged the idea of cult. But anyway, he put this out and he said, yeah, we need churches, cults sweep sin under the rug. And I started thinking, I was like, how do you know they sweep sin under the rug if you're not in that church? Because you heard a rumor, did you go to the elders and ask how they handled that? If you didn't, then you're making these accusations and creating slander, which we just found out grieves the Holy Spirit. Right? It says that. Yeah. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit by what? A bunch of malice, hate, slander. So I don't know, man. I guess, you know, I always tell people when I'm in me- when I'm doing messages or getting the honor of preaching. I'm preaching to myself first <laughs> a lot of times. Like, you know, it's hitting me. And yeah, I man. don't know. Hopefully this is just something for you guys to chew on. Um, but that one word, one word. Now, do I think that the, the CSB man. is wrong? No, because I think it, the assumption is we're all, remember, we should filter everything through all of the Bible. So somebody that reads that should obviously know, clearly it's not trumping what Jesus said. That's it's right. just saying, sinning, you know, the word. But that persist, which is the literal translation, mm-hmm. right, clearly means an unrepentant yes. elder who's not changing. Mm. And then you go into chapter 5 where it talks about this again of Titus, and then it's even a more specific situation of a false gospel. Just all gets pretty interesting. Yeah, man, it's really good. And I think what you said, like, one word can make such a big difference, and it makes sense. Like, it's not even wrong if they did that. Like, it makes sense. Like you said, they they're, they wrote this in the in the expectation of people understanding that that, that wouldn't contradict Matthew 18. So what's or, the or real, what, That's good. Sorry, go ahead. So what's the problem? Problem is people don't read the Bible. Exactly. If you, it's they they take all of their I can't remember the percentage. It's like 90 some percent of Christians it, don't read the Bible. It's it's up there. So if you're not reading the Bible, every human's fallible, right? Mhm. That's why I always tell people and you've heard me say this, "Hey man, go test this yourself against scripture. Don't don't just take my word on it. Yeah, you should give it. If you're at this church, you should probably trust something I'm saying, but <laughs> certainly the Bible is the authority, right? Oh, absolutely. You guys got it. We got to know the Bible. In order to understand this stuff. And if not, we're going to hear some talking head on TV tell us what it's supposed to be, and they're fallible. 
Mm-hmm. So they read that verse. You don't know the context of even Matthew 18. How many believers do we know who come to our church have never even didn't even know the concept that Jesus talked about church discipline? How many? Oh, a lot, man. Or they think we're weird because we're following what the Bible says. Yeah. John MacArthur, a pastor I respect a lot, who's been in ministry. I say this all the time. He's been in ministry 50 years. This is not an exact quote. But I think he said he can count on one hand in 40 years of ministry. Actually, fun turn. Can you look up how long he's been a pastor? Uh, John MacArthur. Because I want to be specific. A long time. Mm -hmm. He said, I can count on one hand the amount of churches that follow the biblical process of church discipline. Let that sink in, man. And I know why they don't do it. We've experienced it. They don't do it because it's weird. Yeah. People don't know the Bible. And it's uncomfortable. So, and like, so the world yeah. looks at it and goes, what a bunch of weirdos. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we're weirdos because we're following what the Bible tells us? That's right. And it's all in love, man. People don't see that. Well, the idea is restoration. Mm-hmm. God doesn't want to... Even the word discipline, I hate. It's something we've done. It's, it's all about getting the person to walk away from their sin. Yeah. Because remember, sin equals death. So even if it's not physically killing you, it's killing you in some way. And if you're to the point where you go before an entire church and don't repent, you have to be cast out from that church because you may think about it. It's not to punish you. You don't know Jesus. We're supposed to assume you, because how could you know Jesus and go that far and not repent? It's true, man. That's what they're saying, right? It's good. And I, even as I tell you this stuff, it scares me to say because I recognize the flack you're going to get, even though nobody's going to be able to point to me in Scripture, at least someone rational, I don't think, and refute what it says. It's true. It man. says it in black and white, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, what'd you get, Funter? How long? He started preaching in 1959, and that comes out to uh, I think 51 years. Fifty one in 51 years of preaching. Wow. Dude. On one hand, he can count because he's probably met how many oh, pastors, how many churches? So many. He he's found he could count, and that doesn't even mean it's five. He just means on I don't need two hands to count it. Wow. And. Um, and that's what's funny. People think we joke about John MacArthur. I always say, I, I love him. I don't think he'd love me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. because I, you know, wear a V-neck or something. Anyway. Um, and he's not, but he's human too. Mm-hmm. And people are like, well, Todd, now you're, are you implying he's not good? No, I think he's a man of God who preaches the word of God. Does he, do I think sometimes he can get it wrong? Sure. Yeah. In his tone or his attitude, he's human. Mm-hmm. And th- there's another topic I want to bring up really sometime, good. man. Those tribes, right? Oh, man, there's so much I want to talk about, but i got to save it. <laughs> I think what has happened to me, and, and I'll point back to my personal life, guys, so let me wrap it around. What is that? I have started in the last probably six years. Mm-hmm. So after my sin, you know, and I started, I've sinned since then, but the big one, you know, coming through, all sin should be big. Even the way we talk, yeah, you know, it's so dumb. But I think I started to play it safe because there's a kind of a middle road that you can play where Christians can't really challenge you even if they don't like you. They don't get mad, so it's safe. Mm. So, like, if I steer away from this stuff that's going to make the different tribes mad and I kind of stay middle of the road, and it doesn't mean the middle of the road's bad. There's truth on that, on that, right? Middle of the road of, like, theology. Yeah. There's, it's still truth. Mm. But, you know, our job is to, like, understand this stuff. And I don't think I'm the only person in the world that knows this or lives out of it, but it seems right. like the people that, that live out of it don't... They don't get the voices, man. They don't have a voice to 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 challenge that mindset mm. of condemn people. And it's you know there is no condemnation in Christ, so we should never condemn a Christian. Well, how do we know they're real Christian? Because they sin. I'm like, that's not your job. Yeah. Unless the persons went all the way through Matthew 18, meaning they there's these steps. If you don't know what that is, look it up yourself. Jesus kind of says, you know, if a brother sins, do this. So meaning he goes all the way before the church and still doesn't stop. Still won't say it's wrong and repent. Not. 
And this is where people can't handle it either. He can repent and still stumble in it. Right? So what does that mean? If you're an alcoholic and you say, I repent of being an alcohol, a drunk, an alcoholic, does that mean you may never, if you stumble again three months later and, you know, that's why they call it the 12 steps of recovery, right? But let's say you stumble again. Does that mean you didn't ever really want to quit? Of course not. But we do that with sin. Okay, repent of your pornography use. All right. He's fighting through and then he gets, he confesses it again, which is why he won't confess it again most of the time because he knows people will believe he wasn't really repentant then. Mm. So anyway, it gets to the very end because we just think people won't do this. And we had this situation where a woman looked me in my face and said, yep, I know the Bible says it's wrong and I'm not going to change. You think people don't say that. So you're like, well, we got to catch him because no one's really going to admit that. She did. She looked me square in my eyes and said, I know the Bible says it's wrong and I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. And yep. she's not in the church now. Nope. And she has to be treated as an unbeliever because she'd rather be that. So, you know, unless it gets to that point where the Bible says we are to treat them that way, as an unbeliever, tax collector, meaning traitor, we have to take them at their word. And that's why Jesus said, listen, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will separate the goats from the sheep, the wheat from the tares, the sheep, I'm sorry, wheat from the tares, you know, good fish from the bad fish. All these examples he gives. The point is, you can't tell. And, I, and I've said this many times, we shoot a lot of sheep, man. Yeah, that might be the subtitle one of these things, you know, tribe shoot because that's what we do. We shoot a lot of sheep. Yeah, because I think we justify it by saying, "Hey, we're going to hit a few wolves." We probably do. I'm, we're hitting a few wolves, so it's okay to sacrifice some of the sheep. And Jesus said, "If you cause even one of these little ones to stumble, it'd be better to put a rock around your neck and be thrown in the ocean." Well, Todd, that's talking about children. No, read the context. He is talking about children, but he's also talking about the believers, those of faith, those who yeah. put their faith in Jesus, Whew. because to him they are his children. Mm-hmm. So do you want to be the one who's condemned one of the children of God who may have sinned? Do you want to be that person? What, what would happen to David? Everybody says, King David's awesome. You wouldn't even let King David in your church, most of you, mm. if you knew him as a real person. And that and that's the crazy thing. So let me tell you something. Here's a, here's a, you can't split him, and we do that in Christianity. We say, King David, he's the shepherd boy who was the good king, a man after God's own heart. Yep, he also was a murderous, adultering king who was disobedient to God. That happened. Yep. So how do you reconcile those two things? You reconcile it because he took his eyes off, the, off God, right? He, he gave in. And that's why the, the, the Christian walk is considered what? A battle, crucifying the flesh. It's not easy. Yes. It is not easy. Hmm. So if Jesus, if they say things like, you know, 1 John, I think, is it 1-9? Maybe 4 nine, It says, you know, um, confess your sins to the Lord. And he will, I have to look it up. The gist of it is, um, if we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm. Meaning, so the implication there is like, we know that this is a process and we're going to mess up. Yeah. And that, that's not minimizing the sin, right? So if someone commits adultery, right, in a church, even if they're forgiven, are they dealing, having to deal with consequences? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. They're going to hurt. Yep. And, and why would we add to that and mm. drive them away so that the enemy, right? What does it say? Our enemy is like a roaring lion prowling around looking to devour someone. Mm-hmm. How does a lion hunt? They don't attack the entire pack or herd at once. They Isolation. separate them. That's right. So when you're separated, you know, from the body, you're, you're ripe for the picking, man. Like, <sighs> so it's just, it's, it's just one of those things I've been thinking. I didn't mean to preach to you guys. It's I just love it, that's man. where I'm at right now is pondering the areas in my life. And I do that to my brothers. I do that to you sometimes. Hmm. Because my mind can't fathom 
how something can happen, right? Mm -hmm. But if people did that to me, which they have, I don't even know why if I say if they do, they have. Yeah. A lot of people that think because what happened 10 years ago that I have to be fake because there's no way somebody who loves Jesus could mess up. And it's like, you're foolish Mm. because you're not looking at your own life. And Jesus is trying to get us to see, like, I know the arguments people make. I can hear it in my head. Well, the Bible says we are to judge each other. Yes. In the sense that we call it sin. Yeah. And all those things. Not in the sense that we determine who's in and who's out. That's really good, man. So anyway, just some things I've been pondering. It's really convicting for me. Me too, dude. Like me too. And that's, that's why I don't want to seem like I'm pre, you know, I'm above everyone. I'm not above this. I love God. I love mm-hmm. grace. I, I think I do get it a little more sometimes than other people because I've lived it, like mm-hmm. lived both sides. And I still do it. Yeah. But... And then you start thinking, you ready as a Christian? If you can, you know, Christians do this. Man, how can, a, how can you not understand an unbeliever is going to be like that? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. Man, that's good. Yeah. It made me, thoughts. It made me think about like, how when I first became saved, man, a lot of my like thought life and a lot of my like the things I would process through is like the idea of grace in a good way. Like like how far does God's grace go? And then I'd be excited to be able to like, you know, like that would excite me in the sense of like there is there is no ceiling to, to God's grace. Like anybody can do a terrible thing and still got they're still in God's hands, man. Mm. And like that used to really like push me to like love people better and i feel like somehow over the over the years now it's become like different like now now i look i have a more like, dude this is so sad what you're about yeah yeah like i i don't look at it that way anymore a lot of the time like and, and I why can, do you think that is hmm. i think that that's a good question man as to why why that shifted um, I think that I I started to lose hope in in just how how sinful we are. Like, does that make sense? Yep. And you ready? And this is going to convict you because me mm-hmm. too. Who are you looking at then? Oh, uh, looking at myself. Who, who are you? Ba- well, no. Who are you basing your faith on? Like others. We're looking at Christians as the judge of and putting our hope in their goodness. Mm-hmm. Instead of the goodness of God. That's really good. And me too, right? I can lose hope because you look around and you're like, but Jesus isn't that. Jesus is everything beautiful in humans and more. Hmm. He's the, all the good you see in Christians with none of the bad. But we see it. And me too. You know I do this. I live yeah. in this world where I can, I, I'll cry right now. I get so sad at what we, the church has become. And then people say, you hate the church. And it's like, no, man, it's the opposite. And I'll start to go, you know, it's, it's raised. And if you're a familiar with the show you know this too it's caused me to have doubts in my face sometimes christians the culture because i'm god how can it be real god if like we're doing this to each other how can it be and then you go man like because it's imperfect and it's filled with imperfect people that he's still sanctifying and there guess what's crazy according to the analogies of the goats and the sheep mm-hmm. the wheat and the tares, there's going to be some no matter how many sheep we shoot how many wolves we shoot there's still going to be some that sneak their way through just because they don't sin in the ways we see that's not what God judges them by. Mm. God judges them by one simple question. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of their life? And if he is not, that's the judge. He's not coming back and saying, okay, who sinned more and who sinned less? Here's the threshold. Yeah. It's either because one sin is one sin too many. And that's what people <laughs> don't understand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. So I'm not saying that to call you out. I'm saying that's, that's what I do, man. 
we can get so discouraged because we forget when you first meet Jesus, at least for us, because we both, everybody, but we're old enough to remember, mm-hmm. you, you, it's so different. This yeah. idea of hope and love and like <laughs> he forgives us. And then all of a sudden you think, you put, you, you see the good in Christians yeah. at first and you're like, oh my God, this is different. And it is different. It is. But then you start to see like, wait, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Why is this happening? Why? And then you start to like, your eyes get pulled off of him and it gets, it's starting to judge life based on this culture they, that we've created. And what has humanity done since the time we followed God? You go back to the Old Testament. We add, <clears throat> remember this verse, this, these words Jesus said to the Pharisees. He said, you have taken man-made traditions and treated them as the laws of God. Whew. Right, I'm paraphrasing, but that's yeah. what he says. Mm-hmm. And when you think about that, dude, when you let that sink in, that's what humans have done throughout time. You know, he came to the Jewish people and he gave them all these laws, right, for yeah. a purpose. And then they started adding them. That's how they got there. <clears throat> people, Protestants would say, well, the Catholic Church probably started, it was the only church. And then what did they do? Add his laws. Mm-hmm. And we somehow as Protestants think we're the only true believers again. And you put, you know, if your faith isn't big enough to believe there's Catholics that know Jesus, you're crazy. Hmm. Like, if you don't think they do. <clears throat> because, yes, there's a lot of stuff in there that if you just followed it as it were, yeah, doesn't line up with Scripture. But there, but are there people in there who are in that tradition, just like there's, there were Jewish Christians early on, right, who mm-hmm. were still trying to follow the law? They're still saved. Yeah. <clears throat> They're just off. Now, that's not a popular opinion. I probably get attacked for that. <clears throat> Because those people aren't aware yet. They're under the yoke of like slavery, right? In the yeah. sense of law. But so the Protestant church, we're doing the same thing now. We're adding stuff to it. And the crazy thing is, because it's on media now, particularly, social media, <clears throat> TV, is it becomes even easier for these man-made laws for and since nobody reads the Bible, we just believe it. And then we let the world direct it, right? So the world tore Carl Lentz apart. Now, there's consequences. There's consequences because it does it doesn't stain Christ. You can't, but it definitely gives it a bad. I'm not making light of what he did. Yeah, but they don't. They shouldn't be the one to dictate to us what holy and unholy is. They don't yeah. know. Absolutely. You know what's right and wrong. How to? How powerful would it have been? And they and they won't do it because the they got attacked. What if Hillsong had stuck near him? Mm-hmm. Maybe they did because some of it they did. From what I hear, I remember it doesn't matter what you believe. Hillsong. Some of them did say that you know we support him and love him. That was at least something. But what yeah. if he stayed there? That would, that would People couldn't handle it. They would have attacked him, but they'd have forgotten about it by now. I'm not saying in a pastor role. Maybe he's a break, you know. He, <clears throat> and maybe he isn't saved. I don't know. I'm not inside. Yeah. And that's an, another thing I want to be careful about too. I don't want to take it the other way and say, well, if if they if they've been removed from church and we don't know the details, which is good. I'm glad Hillsong hasn't told us all what they. But that's their business. Yeah. But we can't assume it's not either. It mm. shouldn't be something we worry about. It's true. You know, God is God. I don't know. I probably went on for 40 minutes. For no, nothing. it's good, man. I love it, dude. And it's like. I know you got me thinking and it reminded me of a time that I was a lot more hopeful in the sense of like believing in like the hearts of people because of Christ. Mm. Like, like you said, like I was more focused on Christ. And so like, I just naturally had this like hope in people and like your analogy you used was really good, man. Cause you're right. I slowly, and like I said, it really is convicting for me, dude. Like it's hit me hard. Cause like, you're right. I started taking my eyes off Jesus and I started looking at people and no wonder I have a harder time loving people. Cause like, it's, it's hard. It's, it's not, it's, it's, it's supposed to be unconditional. So like in the sense of, I mean, you know, that we give them. Yeah. 
God's love, it's funny. Yeah, you're right. We should love them. Agape love. God is patient. God is kind. You know, I mean, love is patient. Love is kind. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Mm -hmm. Love bears all things, believes all things, endures all things. We get rid of the one. We don't follow the keeps no record of wrongs. We don't follow bears and endures because that means there's an implication that it's going to be hard at times. Mm -hmm. Right? It's true, dude. So it's good. Anyway, my bad. I hope you guys, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on some of this. No, it's good. Either way, either way. Um, These are just things I'm pondering. I haven't landed somewhere yet. (laughs) Moving on, we got some questions. You ready, my friend? Let's get it. Number one, can you give your thoughts on this supposed spy balloon from China we shot down? We're a band. We just got shadow banned. (laughs) I say supposed because I firmly believe our government would call it something it's not to create hysteria or them really being behind the balloon. Yeah, we Mm. just... It's over. Yeah. Um, Social media will not like that. I mean, it's hard telling, man. You know, do I believe that China would do that? Absolutely. Do I believe we would do that? Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> so it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to, you know, have a stance as to who it actually was. Um, but I think it's interesting. I guess for me, why was it that we all of a sudden found it? Like, well, it got all the way across the continental U.S., man. Mm-hmm. I think they shot it over like Missouri or something off the yeah. top of my head, finally. Mm-hmm. Which, think about how far that went. Oh, yeah, it went really Halfway far. Halfway through the country yep. that we know. And did you hear it was maneuverable? They were moving it. It wasn't just floating. They could steer it. That's insane, man. Anyway, so it makes you wonder where it, where it, where it was at before we saw it. Yeah. and think, like, Go ahead, sorry. And, like, why... I don't know, why is it that we suddenly... Because I guess for me, a lot of the time when something gets blown up so publicly like it did, it's because something else is going on. That's very true, too. Man. <laughs> so it's like... what like Distraction. Mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly. Like, like what, what were they distracting us from, possibly? So I'll tell you this. The very fact that we're having to say... The comment you said is exactly what the problem is in this world. If Could it be China spying on us? Absolutely. Could it be something that our government did? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's hard um, to tell, man. You know? I think if it is, I think both sides are like crazy to me. We just let a balloon fly around. Now, supposedly they were afraid to shoot it down because they knew it had a lot of weight in it and they were afraid of what was in it. Yeah, makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know how they eventually figured out, okay, this thing's safe to, which made people suspicious too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That, by the way, if you don't know what that's about, you guys got to find different sources. I'm telling you right now, different sources of news. Here's one I thought of that could help you guys right now that I know is kind of neutral. Um, and you'll get some real news, and it's, I don't think it's going to get us in trouble because they're accepted. Disclose TV. Yeah. D-I-S-C-L-O-V-E-T-V. Um, I have a lot of other sources, but if I say them, some of you all are going to be like, oh, we don't No. Disclose TV is kind of is accepted. Oh, Go yeah. check it out, and you're going to get kind of world news and a lot of things the mainstream media is going to cover, along with some things the mainstream media covers, but you just yeah. get more details. So you can Google that on your phone. It's not. It, they also have a Twitter and a telegram and things, but they have a website too i'm 99 percent sure yeah man it's pretty so just cool. type in disclose tv and that can keep you caught up on sort of like current news oh yeah <clears throat> um all right my friend you're up all right we got first john 2 15 to 17 this is the amplified version it says amplified amplified do not love the world of sin that opposes god and his precepts nor the things that are in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world, the lust and sensual craving of the flesh and the lust and longing of the eyes and the boastful pride of life, pretentious confidence in one's resources or in the stability of earthly things, these do not come from the Father, but are from the world. 
The world is passing away, and with its lusts, the shameful pursuits and ungodly longings. But the ones, the one who does the will of God and carries out his purposes lives forever. And the question, it says, I do not like this verse. Compromise is a word that comes to mind. Why would Christians avoid this verse? But the world is fun. World, world tells us Christians are boring. What is loving the world anyway? <laughs> I'm so, sorry, I'm reading it again. Yeah. Those who come from other, those, these do not, if, okay. For all that is in the world, all that, these do not come from all that the world. The world is passing away with its lust, the shameful pursuits and ungodly longings. But the one who does the will of God and carries out his, with it its lust. But the one who does the will of God and carries out his list forever. Yep. <clears throat> I think Christians probably avoid it because on the surface it can be really scary. Yeah. Because what your mind tells you is you said, well, I've definitely... I like that it also defines lust in this instance as more than just physical lust. It means like yeah. the desires you have for ungodly things, right? You mm-hmm. could be money, right? It doesn't. Have, you could have a lust for money, a desire for more and more money. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that that's why we avoid... Some Christians avoid it. Uh, compromise is a great word. I think he's, he's, it's definitely implying like you can't live in two worlds. Can't right. do it, man. Now, the world's fun. Yep, you're right. And here's the reality. The world tells us Christians are boring. Two things I would say about them. We've talked about them. One, the world is fun. Sin is fun sometimes. It's true. We, we need to quit lying to young believers and telling them that sin isn't fun because then when they go out and, ex- and see it and experience it, they go, well, we were lied to. Yep. It is fun. Here's the thing. Fun doesn't mean holy. That's good, man. So it is fun. Let's, that's, that's a fact. It's fun to do these things, meaning the... The emotion of fun. It happens. Yes, I'm not going to sit here and we've talked about that before. Yeah, our own I, lives. I, I will never deny that some <clears throat> now, of the sinful things. <clears throat> that doesn't fun. mean it's good or it leads to good. You know, you could take cocaine in the moment, it's real fun. Yeah. But it can also kill you. Mm-hmm. Right? So it says, world tells a Christian boring. We act boring. And that's because we don't live in freedom, which comes back to these man made laws. We, you know, if we're pretending all the time because we aren't confident that we're saved unless Bob believes I'm saved, mm-hmm. which means i got to act a certain way. I remember one time in church league basketball, <laughs> I, this is a hilarious story. You remember this story. Uh-huh. You, that I told this, we were playing this team where the lady who directs the league, her, all her sons are on one team. Mm-hmm. We're playing a team, and her sons are athletic. So I want to start by saying that. The most athletic son, the best player, he was coming up the court, and somebody said, I can't get him. So I said, I got him, I got him. Mm-hmm. Remember this? Yep. <clears throat> she then begins to scream from the sideline that I said I'm going to hurt him. Now, there's numerous witnesses that I said I got him. Did you hear it back then? Absolutely. I got him, I got him, which if you play sports, that means I'm telling my other teammate, no, don't, don't worry, I got it. Yeah. Not I, I'm going to get him. That's so weird. Here's my point. After the game, she came up to me, weirdly aggressive, and goes, blah, 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 and kind of debate with me. And I said, oh, I remember, because I looked over at her in the middle of the game, because she runs the league, and her dad was one of the refs. And I bent over, and I remember because I was so calm. I was breathing hard. Mm-hmm. So I was bent over, and I looked at her, and I just go, you can't do that. She's like, blah, blah, blah. I go, you can't do that. You can't be running the league and yelling and saying things about another team, like yeah. one specific team. That's all I said. And after can't she goes, that. there's people that think you're not a pastor because of the way you act. Remember that? And I remember going, apparently this is somewhat famous in our church. I don't remember saying it. I was like, I don't give a crap what you think like, <laughs> yeah. or like what people think, <clears throat> which I, you know, once again, I said the crap word, but. Oh boy! My point is, she had she had attributed because I'm a competitive person and and also misread. I didn't play the Christian game, which because we played her sons are a lot of them are jerks. First of all, <laughs> if I judge whether they were Christians on whether they were kind people in a, in sports, mm-hmm. they are jerks. Am I wrong? They're jerky people. Some of them, not all of them. A couple of them are nice, but a couple of them were jerks. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We end up playing softball with them. Everything's cool now. 
Yeah, um, dude. <clears throat> and I don't have an issue with the lady. But my point is, so I'm having fun playing a game, and because I'm not fitting the mulch, he thinks I'm not a believer. So a lot of times Christians are like, well, I don't want to be accused of that, so I'm going to pretend that I do nothing except go, oh, that's, that's just tune they do anyway yes, that's the exact so, tune i'm trying to talk fast because we got a lot to go through and we both have things to do so <laughs> christian world tells us christian boring and what is loving the world anyway L- loving the world does not mean that we don't fail to do it loving the world is elevating it above god mm. all right is is continuing in it so really they're talking about those people that don't know jesus yeah true unbelievers who who are they can say what they want but they're truly following the world it, it's not it's not um Oh, it's not in this one. There's another verse that says it. It doesn't mean that you're going to lose your salvation because you did that, but it is saying, listen, these are things that cause people to go to hell. Yeah, man. You know, we need to remember how serious it is the times that we we pursue these things, right? Because it's sin if it weren't yeah. for the grace of God. So that's it. It's good, man. Next stone. All I mean, right. Got one for you, my friend. All right. Do you think Isaac told his mom that Abraham tried sacrificing him? If he didn't, that to me would show much respect and how to honor your parents. Hmm. Interesting. Honestly, I I don't know if there's any biblical evidence of of Isaac telling his mother what happened up up on that mountain. Um, do you know? Was there? No, I have no idea whether he told. Um, I I have no idea. Mm. I did hear an interesting read or see an interesting thing about this. Someone said about whether or not it strained the relationship. Maybe mm-hmm. that's even on here. Oh yeah, never mind. I'll get to it in a minute because I I must have done some research and didn't even remember. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that question in a minute. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know either. I, <laughs> I do mean, believe Isaac probably was respectful to his parents and honored them. Yeah. Does that mean he was perfect all the time? No. But no. we also know, you think that kid, or that young man, didn't know on the way up the hill. Because remember, he goes, hey, uh, we're going to sacrifice. Where's the, uh, where's the sacrifice at? I mean, why, we assume he's just a moron, right? There had to be a part of him that's going... Man, dad's acting weird. Yeah. What, what's that big knife? Why yeah, is he dude. crying? You know what I mean? It's like, uh, uh, so it's just one of those things that, you know, I think he probably knew something was up, but he he trusted his dad too. That's right, man. And by the way, once he laid down the rock, he definitely knew what was about to happen. I'm going to kill you, son. We don't know if he tied him up. We don't know, right? Off the top of my head. Oh, man. And he he laid there and didn't fight, so there must have been trust in him, in his father too, which is pretty yeah, powerful. Yeah, it is. It's so powerful. Anyway. Mm-hmm. You're up, my friend. All right. It says this is Hebrews 12, 14 to 15 in the NLT version. It says, work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And it says, poisonous root of bitterness. Sounds bad. Can it corrupt you so that you lose your salvation? It absolutely is bad. And there's a warning here. Um that uh, that you know, I like that in this version they say poisonous root because it, it affects everything around you. If you're mm. bitter, you're not going to love well. You're not going to you haven't forgiven. You're going to probably hate. You know all these things. It's 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 a it's this root that leads to all these other things. Hmm. Can it corrupt you so that you lose your salvation? I don't believe so. You can't lose your salvation. So then let's look at the verse and what it's saying. Work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Well, we know that we're only holy because of Jesus. Yep. So. What it's saying is you are holy, so you might as well continue to pursue this because this is something that those who aren't holy go to hell for. So mm. you need to pursue a holy life, right? It's a warning, right? And then look after each other so none of you fails to receive the grace of God. That can sound like, okay, so you, you're not getting grace, you're not saved. And I mm. think what it's saying is grace isn't just 
isn't doesn't just mean the grace of God that saves us, right? If if I'm living out of the bitterness, am I going to have love? No, man. Hope, peace, mm-hmm. joy. Are you are bitter people joyful? No, so not at all. The man. grace of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, root, bitterness chokes out some of the fruit of the Spirit. So what it's saying is like, hey, man, you want to live the life that God entails for you, the good, you, you can't be bitter. That's but really I good. do think that, you know, bitterness causes is another one of those things that without Jesus, we wouldn't make it to heaven for. Great question. Absolutely, man. That's my opinion. All right. Next. Number three. Well, my three for you. How mm-hmm. do you think the relationship between Abraham and Isaac was after he tried sacrificing his son? Do you think that changed? I know it would for me if I was in Isaac's shoes. Yeah, man. You know, if you don't know what that means. Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac, but it was a kind of a test of faith, which is a whole other thing, and he didn't do it because God. Yes. So, do you think? <clears throat> do I think the dynamic changed? Pro- I mean, they're humans, man. I would say it probably did change to an extent, but um, you know, for the good or the bad, it's hard to tell because you know, like later on in the Bible, man, like, like it didn't. I guess it didn't affect their faith, which is interesting. You know, did it affect the relationship? I, I could see that, but I don't know if there's... A, is there any biblical evidence, again? Because I'm not very familiar. This is so weird, because I, I forgot about this parent researcher. Somehow I came across this. Mm-hmm. Which, if it was accidental, how crazy is that? <laughs> I haven't checked this and researched it myself, but I had a guy, some sort of th- guy, theologian Christian, mm-hmm. who said there is a little bit of evidence of this, that it affected the relationship. Because after they came down from the hill, we have zero record that they of any more words spoken between the two of them. You know how it shows, like, hey, they said this. There's no, there's no words spoken between them. Man. So, does that mean they just didn't record it, or does that mean literally they, 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 there was an issue from that speak. point on? Yeah. Wow. So, I like that whoever asked this question that you're looking at them as real people because they are. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we don't think that. It's so true. It's pretty man. cool. I think that's that really will help you as you study scripture when you keep in mind they're real people. Mm. You're up, my friend. Good question, by the way. All right. <clears throat> What is the right way to approach someone when they are angry with when you are angry with them so it doesn't turn into bitterness? Follow the Bible. The Bible says if someone sinned against you, go to them and talk to them. Um, you know, it says to, well, Todd, what if it's not sin, like direct sin, what if it's something else? Well, most of the time, if we're hurt, we believe they sinned against us. Mm. The other thing is it says, the Bible says things like pursue unity. You know, these action words, you have to make it happen as best you can. Seek peace. So you need to go to them. You need to tell them what they've done. Give them a chance to respond. If they didn't, well, you said approach someone, so I'm going to leave it at that. So that means you're still out there in your life. Go up to them and let them know. Don't attack them. A lot of times we'll go up when we're bitter and we'll be like, you're a piece of blah, blah, blah. Go up and say, hey, when you did this to me, or I'm having a hard time letting go of this. Yeah. I'm coming to you because I don't want this to stand between us and I don't want to be bitter. What that does is it tells them what they did, but it also tells them that your goal is not to fight, but yeah. to restore. It's good, man. Great question, by the way. I love, man, the, I'm so glad the crew started turning up the questions again lately. It's true, it's man. It's so much better. Pod when squad, we ask those book questions. nook, everyone yeah. turning it up, man, because yeah. it does. It creates good conversation <clears throat> and answers people's questions, man. For sure. You might, you, you're probably not the only one asking. Absolutely. That's one we all struggle with. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Number four for you, my friend. Yes. Men today need to grow up. They want things to make them happy. Wife, children, good job, house. Sorry, things sorry, things don't bring happiness. It's true. Want real joy? First, make Jesus Lord of your life. Then read, he has these in caps, he or she, I know who this is, his instruction manual of the Bible. Hmm. That's good, man. 
Um, you know, yeah, man, there ain't much to say to that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's truth. Absolutely, just straight truth. And you know, I, I know I can look at it myself and go, man, like that's something that I I need to hear. I I need to hear. You know, I know early in the episode I was emotional. Um, you know, just talking about life, and you know that honestly, you know, make first make Jesus Lord of your life. You know, like, you know, that's a that's a commitment every day. You know, mm-hmm. and that's something that I know I can struggle with. So that's good. <laughs> Let's see. Next question it says: When you think all hope is gone, how do you continue to move forward? <clears throat> oh, where was I going to? Oh, okay. Um, so sorry. Oh, yeah, you're okay, man. When you think all hope is gone, how do you continue to move forward? <clears throat> man, that's kind of what we talked about the first half of this episode. Sometimes, yeah. I know AJ and I both could. I'm like this too. We're we're passionate guys, and I think the pat the the negative side of passion is is that we're passionate when we're sad too about sadness, you know, or yeah, and it's easy. What a cool thing that I think the Holy Spirit's doing in this episode because I think it all goes together. When we take our eyes off of Jesus, for me at least, it's so easy to become hopeless because when you focus and look around at how ugly everything can be, mm. even a situation. I'm not going to say, I mean, it's, it is hopeless sometimes without him. Yes. Right? There's no way to make it through. <clears throat> so in those moments of hopelessness, one of the things I think is so beautiful is that the Bible calls, God gives himself names for us. Like I, I go on and on about that. But one of the things he, the Bible refers to him as, which means he refers to him as for us, is the God of all hope. There's always hope in him. There's always, you know that he's going to work out, he's going to keep his promises. Because that's what hope is. Mm. He's going to keep his promises. That's and so that, good, what are his man. promises? I'm going to work out all things for the good of those who believe according to my purposes, and I will finish the good work I started in you. So keep your eyes focused on him. Another tangible thing I would say is keep having real talk, pun intended here, with good Christian people in your life. And by good Christian people, I mean people who are taking their faith seriously so that you can be encouraged. Yeah, man, that's really so good. That's what I would say. Hmm. <clears throat> Moving on. Moving on. Number five. Do you gentlemen think God only gives us what we can handle? Um, I think that a lot of the time we we don't God knows us better than we know know ourselves and he knows what we can and cannot handle, but we tend to want it in our own way. And I think that's why, you know, even in this question, do you do we think God only gives us what we can handle? I think yes, but we have to base it on God and not ourselves. Because a lot of the time you know, if if I'm just, I'll use myself. Like if if I'm thinking what I can and can't handle, I, it's going to be so minimal compared to what God has done. Like what God has instilled in me, you know. So like, to me, it's like you have to live out of the faith that God won't give you anything you can't handle based on what He's like, like what He He's gifted you with. So like, you know, you have to trust that He know He's out for your good, and that um, mm-hmm. you know He He wouldn't do that. So and now that doesn't mean you that doesn't mean like you're gonna have to fight off feelings of being like things are too much like you're gonna have to do that and that, I think that's why I'm trying to say like you can't base it off yourself because if you do you know you will crumble in the sense of like our flesh doesn't our flesh doesn't want to have to go through hard things so like you're gonna limit yourself so it's good man hope that makes sense <laughs> I think it makes perfect sense I'm gonna back up what you said. <clears throat> and I think you said this. Does he give us, does he always give us what we can handle on our own? No. But with him, 
when we put our faith on him, he'll never give us something we can't handle through him. Mm-hmm. And I think that was what you're saying. And yes. First, I'm sorry, for Philippians 4 tells us that. Backs up exactly what you said, I think. Starting in verse 11, Philippians 4, 11 says, I don't, this is Paul, Apostle Paul, I don't say this out of need, for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with a little, and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. Hmm. I am able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Damn. You know, that verse is taken a lot of times just to mean sports, and what he's saying is, no, and we can through him make That's it right, through these man. situations. So good, good, stuff. good stuff, man. Absolutely. You, you hit the nail on the head. Thank you. Let's see. Next question here. Excuse me. How can I tell my non-believing family about Jesus? They, quote, know of him, but chose to not uh, go to church. They have hardened hearts. How can I, how can I introduce them <clears throat> to Jesus and help them see that he's not who they think he is? And then it says they've been hurt by the church as well. I, re- I relate to half of this. Um, I have family members that don't know Jesus. They know about him, and, they've, and they do what I did, which is they base a lot of it on what they've heard, and, and this is convicting to us, on what they see in Christians. But you know what's funny about my family and me, real quick as an aside, going mm-hmm. back to our initial, when they think of, G- <coughs> of when these negative qualities they put on Jesus, it's not sin. They don't go, oh, man, those Christians sin, and that's why Jesus isn't real. I just want you to know why the world, they say it because of our hate for each other, our unforgiveness, mm. our hypocrisy, not in sinning, because I, my, most of my unbelieving friends would say, oh, yeah, we all mess up. That's why they're more forgiving than we are. Yeah, They believe that we act like we don't. And I think that we could show the world a lot by admitting we don't and that God still loves us. Anyway, <clears throat> um, excuse me, I... <laughs> I made a lot of mistakes early on in uh, when I when I was first saved because I didn't know anything. I just want people that my family know Jesus. Um, if you've talked to them, they know of him. See if they'll like challenge them to in a loving way. You know your family to read the Gospels. Read the Gospel mm. of Mark. It's good. Okay? Man. Read the Gospel of John. Read the Gospels. Say read it with them. Maybe they if you're close to their family and it depends the situation. Maybe they would read it with you. Say hey every Thursday even if they don't live near me. Call them on the phone. Use video chat and read it with them. Let them see the words of Jesus himself because that blew my mind. When I, when I got saved, I didn't know anything. I started reading the scriptures. It only strengthened my faith. Mm. The other thing I would say, and this is not going to be popular some some, some strict people, and it, I have direct experience with this um, in some of my family. Have them watch The Chosen. Whew. Have them watch even Great the show, first man. season of The Chosen. And I had a good friend last night or the night before who's a Christian say, you know, I was thinking, man, even if I, they do such a good job in that show that even if I wasn't a Christian, it would have hooked me. Mm-hmm. And I think that show, regardless of whether every single thing it says follows scripture, there are a lot that does. Mm-hmm. I, do, I think it does an amazing job of painting the picture of what Jesus is. Because here's the thing. You end up loving that guy on that show, right? Yeah. And here's the thing. That's not even the real Jesus. Jesus is better than that. <laughs> Right, so uh, the chosen in the TV series, it's free to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch it with them. Have a watch party, man, where you watch that with them. Because I'm telling you, they need to see the real Jesus. And mm. if it takes them watching a show, to then make them, because that's what happened with a family member of mine, and he would tell you himself the fact that he would ever be interested in Christianity would, would be ridiculous. Yeah. But he watched the chosen, which in turn got him interested, and then he he devoured and read the gospels. Mm. And then he, you know, you see the same thing. Jesus is not who you think the world tells you he is, or even the church tells you sometimes. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would do. It's good stuff, man. Because <clears throat> the church is not Jesus, unfortunately. All right. Uh this made me want to know your thoughts, your guys' thoughts. Um are we gonna throw that is this that video? No, this is a different one. 
Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> I haven't seen this one. Have you? Okay. I saw it. I watched it, but it's like it's not fresh right, in my buy mind. Buy me time, and I will put this up so for us to watch. Yeah, sure. So, <clears throat> real quick, if you guys are interested, we yeah. do have Real Talk Real Ones Fan Club, where it's $15 a month for Tier 1, where you get bonus content from us. And if you're inter- and if you really love the show... And you're and you're really bought in. We do thirty dollars a month as well for tier two, where you get the bonus content plus exclusive merchandise every month. And you guys are gonna love real ones who are listening now. You're gonna love what we're coming up with. It's good stuff. So appreciate your patience. It's gonna be awesome. Excited to give it to you guys. So looks like we're gonna watch this together. I think it might be on the screen as we watch this live. Oh yeah. And I'll pause a little in case it's not exact. Yeah, work for you. Cool for me. Um, I have not watched this. I'm hoping it's appropriate. If not, you'll have to edit this. Christians are listening to music that glorifies sin and the devil and see no problem with that. I mean, how can you truly be a Christian and find enjoyment in the things that Jesus came to die to set you free from? Not to mention how demonic the music industry is nowadays. You see the baby on a cross or Kendrick with a crown of thorns on his head. Cardi being little Uzi saying that their music activates demons. You're worshiping God with music that was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And then with the same mouth, singing songs that are inspired by demons talking about drugs and shooting up people and you see no problem with that listen not all music is bad but not all music is beneficial i feel like i'm talking to myself that's why i usually tell people who are you feeding are you feeding your flesh or are you feeding the spirit there is certain music that i don't even listen to not because i can't but because i know that listening to that kind of music will grieve the holy spirit so if listening to secular music isn't so bad then why is it so hard for you to let go of it I, I remember now. <laughs> I remember now. Yeah, I, I promise you. Until you made that laughing face, I didn't even connect that you can speak into this directly. Oh yeah. In fact, yep. this goes with our conversation. Like, yeah, I see what you did here, person. You love us <laughs> enough to throw this out there. Yep. <clears throat> um, this is I don't know, man. This is really good. Um, because I I remember now when I first I watched it by myself and I went, dang it. <laughs> um, you know. Uh, was it last week that we talked about this? Last week, you know, we we had a question about a music video. Um, and you know, the music video was just kind of it, it, it had a like a darker side to it that you know, and it was a Christian music video. And you know, just watching the music video itself, you probably wouldn't understand that it. it's actually a, a Christian song. And you know, I made the comment about it, you know being creative. Like I like the creative aspect of it. Um, and, you know, that kind of led to a cool conversation about, you know, like my my natural taste and, you know, darker things and like music that is more eerie and, you know, sad. So um, this is just a, you know, it's cool. It's a cool follow up. And, you know, I know it hit me in the face. <laughs> um, just. Well, yeah, man. But I think it's more beneficial if we're going to do this for you to be real about it. So instead of just saying what you know, how like what are your thoughts on that? If someone was saying, if that guy was saying that to you after he looked at your music, mm-hmm. what even if you have an argument or if you don't, if there's some in your head that's like, well, I don't listen to that kind, like what? Because you brought up the Christian one, bro. Stop that. We're talking about the music, yeah, that you naturally, which you kind of brought up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> do you think? And I don't know, maybe you do. Do you think the music that you struggle to listen to that that well, even a lot of it, I'm sure not all of it, a lot of it is um, is not only not biblical, but maybe anti-biblical in its message. Oh, uh, definitely. It's so definitely. then what do you do with that? You're drawn mm. to that mm. by your own admission. We talked about, and I'm not putting you on the spot, I think yeah. it's, but I think it's cool because I promise you when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, this is good. I did not connect it to your story until you made that laugh. <laughs> what do you think about that, man? Like, even if good or bad, they, that guy's sitting here saying it to you, but he's mm. saying, AJ, yeah. you are doing this. What, what would be your response to him? 
Do you? Is there a part of you that doesn't believe that or doesn't? I kind of, or kind of fights back at it. I guess. I think my natural rebellion probably fights back at so it. So what does that side of you say? Um, the rebellious side. I think it paints it as not a big deal. So how so? So respond to it like it's not a big deal. That guy's talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, like what would be the argument you would give him, the rebellious side? I would say that the rebellion... The, 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 I know. We already know it's your rebellious side. Yeah, what would it say? I, it would say that, well, it doesn't, that doesn't affect my beliefs. Mm. Mm-hmm. That, doesn't affect, that doesn't affect my outlook on who Jesus is. Does it affect you? Yes. Okay, but don't say it if you don't think that. So, for instance, I could look at pornography, mm-hmm. and I know it's not exactly the same. And I can tell you right now, it does not affect my view as Jesus' as Savior. But clearly, it is terrible for mm-hmm. me. Right? It affects my view of women. It would affect my view of relationships. It would make me feel shame. Mm. <clears throat> so, what would like? I'm him now. What do you say back to that? Yeah, even the rebellious side, because I think it's good to talk about that. So is there still, what, what would you say back to that? Or would you, at that point, that would, that would get to you? Like, what are your thoughts? Does this make uh, you okay? Are you comfortable with this? Oh, yeah, I think I'm it's a good conversation. It. Yeah, absolutely. I'm comfortable with it. Um, <clears throat> I would say, hmm, that's a good stumper. <laughs> uh, I would say that... You're overthinking it. I think you're not responding. You're trying to think of the right way to say because we're on camera. Mm. So pretend I'm... okay. Me and this guy are your buddies. Yeah. He already said it. Your response to us is like, we're kind of coming to challenge you. with. Right. He says that, and then you say back, like, it doesn't affect, and I go, well, all right, dude, but I make this analogy, like, but what if it affects this? Like, it affects the way you you view yourself or you view mm. the world. I think, I, I think I'd say, like, it's just music. Like, so you, okay, and then I would say, I'm trying to put myself there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's the point, man. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's music. Or I guess I would say, where's the line? So then you're saying if someone wanted to listen to the baby mm-hmm. and the one that's glorifying murder and all these things, not saying that, this music he was specifically referencing, is that okay to them because they would say it doesn't affect me? Um, <clears throat> see, this and that's, is, that's why it's a good conversation. Mm-hmm, cause I, because they're going to have the same, every human being is going to have a justification in their head. Yeah. So I'm trying to get it to, okay, so where's the line at? That's where it gets blurry. I don't, think, I don't think there's a debate that you listening to that Okay, assuming, well, I mean, there's a debate to be made about some of it, some music for sure. Yeah. Let's say yours, right? Yours is probably not talking about murder usually, I know. No. Uh, but <laughs> but I, do, I do think, like, we're not talking about whether you have the freedom to listen to it and it doesn't affect your salvation. We're, mm-hmm. we're saying, does it affect you? And what do you think, okay, or this, if Jesus walked in the room and you're jamming to it, would you invite him to sit down and listen to it with you, or would there be some of those songs you'd skip? Yeah. Yeah, I'd skip some. Well, there's, like, what do you do with that? Because the cool part about this, dude, is what a cool question. Because, I, again, I did not mean, I did not even put it together. <laughs> um, man, dude. It makes me think of, like, Deftones and stuff. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's so cool sounding, but it's also, like, not, it's not a good message. Um, if, if Jesus, yeah, I would skip it because I know that, I know that deep down, like, that, that message can lead people astray. It can. Mm-hmm. Like, I I worship a God of hope, but I also, at the same time, listen to the music that has no hope, which is interesting. So it's like... It's a cool conversation, because I think mm-hmm. you're having a face, like, processing here on air. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you guys are long-term viewers of the show, or listeners to the podcast, you know, this has been something that AJ... AJ himself, three years ago, 
told us on camera, which nobody to- off camera and then on, yeah. no, and then attacked me as though I told him this. <laughs> Said he felt convicted to stop listening to the music. But then here's what I love about him, right or wrong, is he also confessed that he didn't stop. Yeah, I, no, I haven't, man. Yeah, I've I've had stints, but that this is a count. crazy thing, man. Like, you know, I don't care personally. Mm-hmm. It only became an issue for me as your friend where I would kind of push it by the fact that you can't stop. It's true, man. Uh, you know, I, everyone oh, has these, you know, I shouldn't say like everyone has these weird things because I'm not trying to justify anything. You know, for me, like, there is a weird grievance to having to let that stuff go. There's a weird grievance to it. But and, that would be in anything, right? Yeah. Like, if if I was in a relationship mm-hmm. and I, I got saved today, okay, and I was living with a woman and... We weren't married. We're having sex all the time. I love her. I've been with her for five years. Yeah. She's not a Christian. Am I just going to say, well, and she says, if you move out, I'm breaking up with you. What would you tell that guy? Mm. Because he's having to live with the consequence of that decision. Mm. Maybe you would tell him not to leave. But as he grew into maturity, I think we would all say, hey, man, you got to. You got to get out. 100%. You're right. I it's would. the same thing, man. Mm-hmm. I think is the, well, that's the point this guy's making. Yes. I, you know, whether or not. I'm just plain advocate for this guy's thing. I definitely believe, I guess while you're pondering, if everyone wants to hear my thoughts, I love hip hop. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. I love rap. In fact, I have some on my playlist and I'll confess this, but it, it ends kind of good. So on my workout list, I'll have some. I love the beat, dude. Now, luckily, Christian hip hop's caught up and mm-hmm. maybe surpassed it. But there's still some bangers out there, dude, that are old school. Yeah. And guess what? They come on, and I try to, I even try to force myself to be okay with it. And then they'll start, Holy Spirit won't let me. That word, some of these words and stuff pop up, and I'm like, gosh, dang it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of those things you just got to be obedient to the Spirit, man. Some people might be able to listen to some of that. Some of it needs to be cut regardless, right? Mm-hmm. You would say. But some of it, I just think with knowing your struggles, man, sometimes yeah. with hopelessness, like, why would you listen to music that glorifies hopelessness? Mm. And I'm not shaming. I'm just no. Saying, yeah, I don't think you're shaming me <clears> at because all, again, I love hip hop, dude, and I have some right now. But and there's times I try. It's so funny, dude. I'm rebellious too. There's times I will listen to a whole song and be miserable the whole song because I'm like, well, I'm allowed to listen to it. But I don't even <laughs> enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> Although that's I don't what's like funny, it. man. Like there is a nat- I don't know, man. This goes back to my flesh and who I am as a person at times. There's a natural rebellion inside of me, and I can recognize that. If I'm looking at, I've even had these moments before where I'm literally looking, I'm staring at a song on Spotify, just looking at it going, I know I shouldn't listen to this song right now. And then you do. (laughs) And then then you'll hit it. That's serious, It's like, gosh dang it, man. You know what's crazy? To me, the music in that moment is not serious. It's your heart that chooses Mm -hmm. to do that. Same with me. I'm not judging you. Yeah. Like, in the big scheme of things, it's you could substitute that music with anything. Oh, yeah. It could be a piece of pie. But God's like, dude, you're gluttonous. You know you're not need to eat any more of this pie, and you're like, well, I can't. Anyway, so what are you gonna do, man? What do you think of that? I guess it's asking your thoughts. Hmm. I'll let you wrap it up. Yeah, <clears throat> um, I think. I mean, the guy is spot on. I, you know, I'll be honest. The dude is is like he makes such a good point, and um, you know, for me, a, a music lover who who has to deal with the fact that you know, I I love secular music. You know, I have to choose. You know, there it even says like there's gonna be things that you must sacrifice to follow Jesus, and it's like for me, and I have to deal with the fact that, that means I have to give up like music that I love and that I've that I've hold held on to. You know, so like I don't know, man. So what are my thoughts? I think he's he's right. 
He makes a comment that I think is good to hear for other people too, so it doesn't become legalistic. You know, not all music is bad, but not all music is beneficial. Yep. And that's the same thing Paul kind of says, you know, not everything is bad, not everything's beneficial. Mm. Um, so, or he says everything is permissible, but not everything's beneficial. So, yes. we have freedom. Anyway, good. Thanks for sharing that. It made us think. And <clears throat> that yeah, could go absolutely. for anything. <clears throat> all right. I think we'll do one more here because right. we've gone long. All right, so let's see. It says, last question, do you think that the way out God gives us for to get us... Okay, well, I'm going to restart that because I, I read that so weird. Do you think that the way out God gives us for us to get a situation is sometimes simply conviction, but we keep praying for a way out because we want to see a bigger way than just sim- simply the conviction? You probably want to put way out in, in quotations because that'll help them know they're standing for like... That's that's the exit. Really gotcha. Saying, right? So yep. they're saying, man, I went out of this... I want this situation to change. I'm praying <clears throat> for it somehow, praying about it maybe, like, what should I do? And then you get a conviction, but you don't want that. Mm. <clears throat> I, ab- I think this is very, very wise of you, and I think it's, I think absolutely. Sometimes we want, sometimes God is will tell us what to do. I truly believe this. In Scripture, we see it. He's not going to make it easy. We have to choose. You have to choose. Will you follow that? And I think that is the answer. Sometimes it's conviction. Hmm. What do I do here? Here's a conviction. Should you be doing this? And we went, well, I mean, I need a bigger sign than that. And then it, it ends up taking you back to the to the Pharisees and religious leaders who demanded a sign. Hmm. And I know it's not exactly the same, but I think you're right on. Conviction is so powerful. Why do we act like we need more? So that's good, man. I think that's really cool of you to notice, and I, I agree with you. I think sometimes, sometimes it's absolutely just quote simply the conviction. Which uh, it, it makes it, we want something else because we don't want to have to choose. Yeah, so we don't. Anyway. I, I absolutely, it's good, man. I'm this has been a great episode, man. Yeah, it's been love really it. Good. Love this episode. Appreciate you guys so much. You got anything you want to say? Uh, just love you guys so much. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, go ahead and share this wherever you're watching it from. And other than that, you guys are awesome. Love you. Fun turn. No, I don't got anything else besides. Uh, please leave a review on any other podcast stuff. Uh, that's it. Thank you. He's, we got a little bit of a silky smooth voice. Uh, man, he does have voice like chocolate sometimes. Just pours into your ears. I don't know why chocolate would pour into your ears smoothly, but if it's melted, maybe it would burn then. Anyway, <clears throat> hey, I want to uh, close up. He's right. Guys, listen, I didn't put this on here. I was going to share it during my kind of personal time, but we got serious. Guys, we, we say this a lot, but I'm going to be blunt with you as a leader. We need to know if you're watching this show We need or listening to this podcast. I know there are people that listen to this regularly who don't ever post. And I and it's hard for us to know whether to continue. This takes a lot of time. This mm. takes a lot of energy, and this takes a lot of resources. Believe it or not, even though it sometimes looks like a train wreck, to do this show, this podcast, we've been doing it for four years. Mm. <clears throat> we need to see some growth. We need to see that people want to hear this. We need to see that it's reaching people. So, if you're one of those people, I would say there's kind of twofold here. If you're a person that listens to the show but have never rated the show, commented. Um, giving us, you know, you even use the link at www.therenant.life/talk to let us know you're listening, and I, we did get some encouragement from someone we didn't get to read, but yeah, please let us know and the state you're from. You don't have to tell us your name; just let us encouragement of like, hey, no, don't stop this show. That would that would negatively impact my life, or like, mm-hmm. I need this encouragement. <clears throat> the other thing would be you could share this. I know that you, have, if you're listening to this and you enjoy it, that means you have family or friends because your family or friends with them for a reason. Like, I yeah. mean, like family. That's not always true, but you're friends with them for a reason. You probably have similar interests. Would you do us a favor and see if they would be into the show by sharing even your favorite episode? It doesn't have to be this episode. Mm. Share your favorite episode and you know, get them listening. <clears throat> and don't just think, 
inside the walls. I mean, think outside the box. We want, we do, I truly believe, I can't talk today, that this can reach and bless people. Absolutely. Like today's episode was great. I think there's a lot of people that benefit from this and that God even allows us to be part of it. It's crazy. So please help us out. The other thing I would say, I would leave you with today, and it's kind of what I said is, you know, ask yourself this question when you're thinking about how you approach Christianity, how you Mm. approach treating other people, even Christians that sin, how you treat pastors. Are you looking for things to disqualify them for, or are you looking for reasons to love them? Mm. And I think that that can help a lot. If you're looking for reasons to prove someone's not a Christian, you're going to find it. Every single person. I did a test yesterday. I typed in John MacArthur. I use him a lot because I feel like he's sort of so conservative and true that very few people would disagree with what he says. Yeah. His theology is solid. There are multiple <clears throat> YouTube channels that I saw yesterday. It says John MacArthur is a false prophet. John MacArthur is going to hell, right? He's a Pharisee. Maybe, I don't know. But my point is, you can find it in anyone. Mm-hmm. So let everything you be, everything you do, Scripture says, be seasoned with love. Would Jesus do it? Mm. If Jesus was standing next to you and saw how you were cheering for the downfall, tearing someone apart, slandering, would would you do it in front of him? And do you think you'd be pleased? If the answer is no, don't do it. Mm. That's it. God loves you. Doesn't matter how far you've went. Doesn't matter what this church has told you at times. If you put your faith in Jesus, he will not let you go. Don't you let anybody make you question your identity in him when they didn't give you the identity to begin with. God loves you through Christ. If you put your faith in him, he will never let go. I don't care what you have done. He still loves you. You're a saint in his eyes if you put your faith in Jesus. Repent of your sins, even as a Christian, meaning fight. You're going to feel, quit worrying about the outcome and focus on the fight. Every day pursuing him. Hmm. And, um, man, he loves you. And we got to get back to that. And if you live in the freedom of his love, then you have freedom to even repent of mistakes instead of thinking it's destroyed you. Hmm. Don't let anyone else's voice supplant the voice of God. God loves you. We love you. Hope you have a great day. God bless you. God bless you.